Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Yes, greetings from the Panhandle of Florida here in, in, in Milton. Um, it's, uh, this is going to be an interesting day because something happened yesterday, which I think is going to potentially dominate a whole lot of news uh, in, in the very near future. I have a theory. Uh, I'm going way out. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> this is one of my, my best and wildest conspiracy theories yet. Um, but as we all know, you know, everything that becomes a conspiracy truth starts off as a, a conspiracy theory. So in other words, a conspiracy theory being a theory that people are conspiring to do evil. And so that's exactly what I'm going to talk about. Something happened yesterday on the show, and it's at the two-minute and 30, two-hour, 37-minute mark. So if you go to yesterday's show, and that's easy to get at blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction, go to yesterday's show. And it was about Southwest and, the, and, the, and the, the, the jab. And the reason the Southwest doesn't have any pilots is because they keep insisting that everybody get a jab that could be not only career-ending but life-ending. And yet they want them to fly. And they're going to tell you the airline is safe. Well, how can an airline say it's safe if all the pilots have been jabbed with the COVID shot, which we know causes blood clots and, uh, you, know, uh, for, you know, for respiratory disease, you know, in a, in a deprived oxygen environment, you know, in other words, an airplane cabin. So that's where we started the show. But that's not where we ended it. Because from there, I branched on a couple of different things, and I had a couple of hours. And so I'm looking for more reporters. Uh, I have a lot of times I'll have a, a WEBY classic interview that I play. But yesterday I didn't, and today I don't either. So I've got two hours, which means I can really expand on some topics. And so uh, I, I recommend you listen you know, to my show in stages, you know, half an hour here, an hour there. You know, you, you, people say, I don't have three hours to listen to your show. Well, I don't either. <laughs> Quite frankly, I have three hours to do it, but I don't have three hours to listen to it. So I listen to it in stages and, and bits and pieces, you know, so yeah, I can't ask you to do anything I'm not going to do. So yesterday, again, I started, well, about midway through my, my second free hour, uh, we had uh, Bill Fecky came back for the first half hour and then Wendy Arthur for the second half hour. And then I had two hours. And I, you know, like I said, I started off with uh, you know, Southwest and things like that. And then I wanted to branch into something um, that I'd covered before, the day before, actually, which is the power plants. And the power plants are being shot up. And we talked about this, and, and Pianchi thinks it's not a big deal. You know, it's just some people making mischief. And I'm like, no, no, there's more to this. And so thinking as I did, as I, as I tend to do, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a, the, the puzzle meister. You know, when I see pieces, it's like, okay, what's, what's the puzzle look like? What's, what's the big picture? What is really going on here? And it's just deductive reasoning, and I don't have evidence. I can't prove it. You know, this is pure speculation, but I, I hope to uh, – but people have been, you know, put to death on circumstantial evidence. In other words, the circumstances proved that they were there, even though they didn't have actual conclusive uh, proof, but the circumstances made it beyond a reasonable doubt, whatever that means. Um, so it's – Something happened as I'm reading these articles. Well, actually, I read a few. We went over them, and we, they talked about you know, the substations. And, and Pianchi and I came to the conclusion that there's, there's nothing in this for a criminal. Why would a criminal shoot up a power station? You know, all you're going to do is put a lot of power out and put a lot of people out of power, but you're not going to get anything for it. You can't extort people. No one's ever taken over a power substation and said, unless you give us X you know, amount of dollars, we're going to shoot up this power station. They don't do that. They just go shoot it up. You know, that's like a kidnapper not capturing everybody but still demanding the money. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's a bizarre thing. And so there's no interest in it for people to do it because they want their power. There's no interest for criminals to do it because there's no profit in it and assume they want their power too. 
So who could possibly have an interest in, in shooting up power stations? Well, the only conclusion that we all came to is the government. So why would the government do it? <laughs> and this is where it gets interesting, all right? So the government, the only reason I could think of that the government would want to do that uh, is if they want to blame somebody else for doing it. And, you know, it's the old Reichstag fire. It's the, it's the sinking of the main. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's knowing that Pearl Harbor is going to happen and not, you know, stopping it so you can get into a war. It's what governments do. It's 9-11. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's the, all of a sudden the, you know, Building 7 that came down without a plane hitting it. Uh, it's the Pentagon where there's no evidence of an airplane crash yet. Uh, you know, they got a big, you know, side blown out of it. It's, it's all these things that, uh, that happened, the, the, the Clinton church burnings, you know, the demonization of gun owners, you know, all the stuff that's Charlottesville. I've mean, got a whole list of things here in my notes. It's all these things that governments do to make other people look bad. Juicy Smollett even had his fake, you know, MAGA people tortured me. No, you stupid idiot. You did it yourself, you know, and we all know it now. And so there's a very interesting phenomenon that, you know, it's the old government blames somebody else for something and uses that as a pretense for other actions. Okay, so we've seen this before. U.S. government rather famous for this. You know, January 6th. Oh, they had an insurrection where there were unarmed people with cell phones who are taking selfies at the invitation of the Capitol Hill police walked through open doors, you know, into the Capitol and then were arrested for causing an insurrection. And that's basically what they said. Right. Whereas the real insurrection we know was going on under the Capitol where, where arms were being twisted to vote for Biden and not consider the uh, Trump electors at all. So that's a real insurrection. So government uses, you know, things they hide. The, the, the Greer. Uh, I think was uh, uh, was the Gulf of Tonkin that got us to Vietnam. The Lusitania got us into World War One. The Maine got us into the Spanish-American War. So governments are famous for doing this. So what I want to do is an experiment. And I've already sent this along to a, a much better known national reporter than I um, to sort of look this over. I'm going to send it to a couple of other folks who are much more national prominence than I. Uh, my personal pronouns are I and me. <laughs> Why? Because those are the only personal pronouns. Everything else is uh, second and third person. Okay? So the only personal pronouns are I and me. Everything else is like he, she, it, they, we. <laughs> those aren't personal. Those are group. <laughs> okay? So my personal pronouns, I and me, you know, or, or this is he when I'm speaking about myself in the third person uh, or second person. Anyway, I'm getting confused. Point being, that uh, th- this is, uh, I want to, you know, this is like the Minority Report. You guys remember Minority Report? People were, were arrested for crimes they hadn't committed yet? Okay. So this is, this is the government version of Minority Report, where, we're, where I'm hoping to get a lot of national stories about what the government might be doing to demonize white Christian MAGA uh, before they actually do it. So it looks like we knew it first. Okay. So this is a preemptive action to prevent the government uh, from doing something by embarrassing them that we already know they're going to do it. And so they really can't do it because it won't have any effect because we'll say, ah, see, we told you. We told you they were going to blame Christians for the power stations being shot up. We told you that they're going to blame men, white men, mega men, Trump men, you know, domestic terrorists. We told you. Well, I'm telling you right now. I told you yesterday. So, so mark your calendars. December 28th, I told you that the government is shooting up power stations and they're going to, and they're going to blame, you know, white Christian mega Trump supporting men for it and call them domestic terrorists. Why? Because it boosts the ratings. It gives them more power. It, it uh, you know, goes against Trump. And here's the, here's the secret. Here's the thing that I think is really mo- the most fascinating about shooting up the power stations by the government is that nobody gets directly hurt. They're shooting up metal. <laughs> you know, they're shooting up wires and cables. They're shooting up you know, transformers and, and you know, substation links and uh, you know, conduits of electricity. But nobody's actually getting hurt by this action. Unlike 9-11, where they, you know, if, if the government set the demolition charges that brought down the buildings, uh, or the Murrah building, where there was a bomb that did go off, but it also, you know, that building came down with demolition charges too. 
you know, so the government killed a lot of people there. They killed 3,000 in, uh, in 9-11. I'm not sure how many were killed in the Murrah building. Um, because I don't believe that those buildings came down by a plane hitting the top. I just don't believe it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, you know, anyway, so we can discuss that at length, and we have before, and especially Building 7. Building 7 is the, the, the World Trade Center tower that came down without an airplane hitting it. Really? <laughs> On the same day, <laughs> they just happened to have demolition charges to bring that building down. See, Building 7 is the one that proves that the government was involved somehow, or they knew about it, or they used it, or they knew it was going to happen on that day, and they exploited it anyway to not only uh, have the towers hit by the airliners, but have them actually destroyed making it even worse so they could bring in the Patriot Act and bring in more control. So I see Congress. Okay, so let's, let's project this a little bit ahead. I see Congress, you know, at some point after a bunch of power stations are shot up, uh, after the government teams do that. In fact, it might even be the corporate, you know, people dressed as corporate security. They might even do it. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know let's, let's, they shot up the, 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 the one in San Jose, the, the, uh, the Metcalf power station with AK-47s. Well, they're not going to use the AR-15s. That might look, you know, American. They want, well, honestly, that's not true. Then they should have used the AR-15s. Anyway, whatever it is, they used AK-47s, probably to blame assault weapons and, uh, you know, those mega concern, those gun-toting American, you know, male conservatives. It could be women, too. I mean, they might go after the women, but it's easy to go after the guys. So follow me through on this. So they found a way to affect a whole lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people. They should have these power stations. They can put hundreds of thousands of people into the dark. And people will die because they'll die. If it's summertime, they'll die of no air conditioning. If it's the winter, they'll die of no heat. So they, they will kill people doing this. But they won't kill as many as they did in 9-11. So they get the desired effect of affecting hundreds of thousands of people. Maybe they'll do it in the spring and the fall. You know, the temperatures are more moderate. I don't know. Government, it's, it's, I don't know where the government planners, you know, the, the geeks in the basement that plan this kind of stuff for the government. I don't know who they are, where they are, what's going on. And if you think I'm totally crazy, let me know. I mean, I'm going to provide with the evidence that I think, and I'll, I'll give it to you, to you the, the listening jury. And if you tell me if you think this is a totally whack out idea or whether you think it's possible that this might be happening, in which case we should report it in advance. So as good conservative news advocates, and that's what I hope the journalists – I'm not a conservative, so I, I would be a uh, constitutional independent news advocate. I'm going to tell you the news before it happens, <laughs> okay, just like Minority Report. You know, the, they were arrested, you know, before they committed a crime. Well, I'm going to stop the government before they commit an action by reporting it in advance what they're going to do, hopefully to head it off. I told you I'm a peaceful advocate. Yeah. So if we can do that, you can say that it, it, it starts being reported that the government is going to, even if it's wrong, it's still be fun to do. <laughs> you know? and, and, and these days, truth is, uh, it's such a rare commodity anyway that uh, I think a, a decent lie, if it's, if it's good enough, plausible enough, might uh, stop the government from doing something else. You, know, you just see them in the back rooms of the, of the FBI KGB. Oh, geez, they already know what we're going to do. We better do something else. Okay, well, what are you going to do next? Well, I'll, I'll look for the signs. See, fortunately, these, um, these conspirators in government, uh, they're proud of what they do, and they have to tell you. Okay? So the, the, the greatest thing about the, the Marxists, the, the, the Black Lives Matter, the Antifa, uh, the KKK, and all the other leftist radicals is that they have to tell you what they're going to do because they're so proud of it. We stole the election. Nah, 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 nah. I mean, we know they did. They told us. How they told us? Well, they let us videotape them, you know, stuffing ballots and uh, bringing, uh, you know, suitcases from under desks and, uh, you know, all the hearings, and we, the, you know, 50,000 affidavits plus, you know, of election fraud. And we'll get to the Carrie Lake case later. Diane's going to join us. She's uh, back from her, her Christmas sojourn. And so uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about that, too. Of all the dates to pick to go for Christmas, that's a funny story, too. Anyway, this is, this is an experiment in heading off a potential government action. Um, in advance saying, we already know you're going to do this, or you've got the potential to don't do it. So even if we're wrong that they're not actually doing this, it would prevent them from even thinking about doing it because we've already said that they're probably going to do it. So in many ways, even reporting this wrong, if it's wrong, 
uh, is going to possibly save lives and save a lot of trouble. Uh, if we're right, it's really going to head off uh, an entire government operation. You know, like uh, like the the, um, the insurrection caused by Ray Epps, the FBI operatives, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and international operatives that were brought in. And so, so we we know all this. We know all this happens. We know the election was stolen. We know we have an illegitimate government. So once once you've stolen the government, I mean, committing all the lesser crimes after that is is, is really nothing compared to the original crime of stealing the government. That's how this all works. So, like I say, we've got some time to kind of uh, work our way through this, um, but I've got other things uh, as well. I'll start with that because, uh, you know, Greg's rule number one, start with the most important story first, because if you wait, you'll never get to it. <laughs> That's what I find. So I, I put some notes here. And I've got here national debt. We'll talk about the, the Zelensky crime files. Zelensky is the, the world's greatest fundraising corrupt lobbyist. And, um, I got a couple of articles. I got one article from Pravda, which is even better. You want to learn about Zelensky? Read the Russian press. You know, it says truth. It must be true, right? It's on the internet. Anyway, so uh, it'd be interesting if some leftist accuses me of being a Russian operative, which of course they are. You know, being leftist uh, for for. But uh, yeah, of course I read Pravda. Why? Because it's funny. It's funny what they say about the Zelensky, and I'll, I'll get to that later too. Um, we've got massive blood clots, and this is serious. We've got two foot blood clots in, in uh, you know otherwise healthy people, and it's killing them. Gee, where do those blood clots come from? Well, obviously the COVID jab, because people who haven't had the COVID jab are not getting two-foot-long blood clots in their system. We're doing just fine, thank you very much. All of us unjabbed, unvaccine-injured people, uncrippled, you know, not dead, you know, except by whatever natural cause gets essentially, we don't have these blood clots. We don't have the microclots. We don't have the spike proteins. We don't have any of that stuff, unless you're subjected to, subjected to shedding by people that are, that are, you know, jabbed all around you, you know. So in other words, this really is a plague of the vaccinated <laughs> It really is. So the, the, the vaccinated are, are shedding their, their vaccine spike proteins and infecting everybody else, and they're getting two-foot-long blood clots and dropping dead. That's sad. You know, and especially that they went in so willingly. Don't you people know you never trust your government? I mean, the founders didn't. And they knew 200 years ago. You, know? you, you look at the, you know, all the way back in antiquity. Did, did the Babylonians, the Syrians, the Carthaginians, the Romans, didn't the Romans trusted their government? No, of course not. <laughs> Why? Because they had the swords. They had all the power. You never trust the person with the power because, uh, you know, you know they're going to abuse it. I think the Egyptians, you know, the uh, – who else? Ba- Did I say Babylonians? I don't know. Anyway, point – I'm not really good at my ancient societies. But do you think they trusted the government? No, of course not. I just found out that uh, Rome had fast food. <laughs> that was kind of interesting. You know, get your lizard on a dick or whatever they ate back then. But, uh, yeah, so Romans had fast food at, uh, at the Colosseum. That's fascinating. So nothing really changes. So I got that. I got the clouds, Zelensky files, the national debt. And let's talk about the DOG, DOJ KGB. That would be the Department of Justice, whatever Russian, whatever Russian KGB is done for. It's done for internal security ministry. We go with that. Anyway, so the DOJ KGB, which is hard to say, <laughs> you know, I'm calling this the next great persecution. And again, I've got little notes here. Can we head it off by talking about it in advance? That I think is an interesting question. And so if you want to take me up on that question, again, call in 215-383-3832. Uh, you can uh, type in at the uh, link, the, uh, the, what was it called? the live link, and that you just start an account at the bottom of the page. And don't be like our caller yesterday that tried to be clever, tried to be obscene, and will never talk to us again because I do record all the phone numbers coming in here. So I know who you are. <laughs> you know, see, so you only get to do that once. And then gradually, we're, it happens, you know, less frequently. So I must be weeding out the, the basket cases who feel the need to say really disgusting stuff on somebody else's show. And, you know, I know who most of you are now, so it's okay. All right. So um, I think it's been going on. So I, I got a bunch of notes here. Let's take the first one. Experiment shooting up power stations. So this has been going on 10 years or so. You know, and, and the thing, too, if this were, if there were profit, 
in shooting up power stations, then they, they would have been shot up by criminals, you know, when we first had power stations. What, or the early 1900s? You know, when electricity, when America was electrified? I think the 1906 World's Fair was one of the, the best uh, examples and the, one, of the, one of the earliest um, examples of a, of a completely electrified event. It was. They had lights, they had all kinds of stuff. That was 1906. I think it was right before the earthquake, <laughs> which is another story. But the point was, we haven't had electricity that long. You know, a couple hundred years. Well, 1900, so 100 and, I don't know, let's just say 100 years. Most of the country's been electrified the last 100 years. And so nobody shot up power stations. I don't remember anybody in the 1900s shooting up power stations. I don't remember in the early 2000s people shooting up power stations. I, it really started, I don't know, what, 205? I think it started. You know, so anyway, it's been going on for a while. And the thing is that, you know, there, there have been arrests, but no one's ever had their name announced. See, this is where it gets suspicious, right? Because you never know. You know, there's been very few arrests, if any. Uh, the arrests they do have, you don't know who did it. Uh, they have certainly haven't been on the news. If they were convicted, I don't know if they're in jail. If they were uh, uh, found innocent, then the, the media should interview them for, you know, being falsely accused. And that hasn't happened. I have yet to see one person either accused or guilty of shooting up a power station on the media anywhere. That's unusual, or at least a picture of them. Something, some report. So obviously this is a coordinated media effort. And who coordinates the media? The government. Um, you know, just uh, have you all seen, you've all seen that video, right? Uh, I forgot what it's called. Uh, a friend of mine sent it to me the other day where they have all the talking heads. They'll have like a screen. And on the screen are 20 newscasters from around the country all saying exactly the same thing at the same time. This is a threat to democracy. This is a threat to democracy. This is a threat to democracy. Well, this is a threat to democracy. All right. So they're all saying it in these different, you know, these different people on these screens are all saying it at the same time. I, I do multiple you know, voices, but uh, uh, but that's the idea. So they all so they're all they're all the parrots. They've all got the brain chip. You know, they're all repeating the government corporate line, the fascist line of what's going on. Uh, we haven't heard it yet. So maybe we can head this off. You know, but uh, the next thing is white supremacists are shooting up power stations. I mean, that's the future headline. So if we talk about it now, maybe we can head it off because, you know, you'll say, oh, yeah, we heard about that. Yeah, Greg told us and, you know, X reporter told us. And then we heard it on the, you know, the blank news. And, you know, and then, so this is a, I want this to be old news before they actually do it and start blaming people. That's what I'm trying to accomplish. So, again, Action Radio, we're taking action. And the action is I want you to tell everybody that you know that you think the government is, is shooting up the power stations and they're going to blame, you know, white Christian mega guys. <laughs> Just I mean, start that. That's it. First of all, it's a great rumor. Um, because, you know, the, the, the government and the left just start rumors all the time. Virtually nothing they say is true. Uh, it's not even based on truth. So why don't we just have the same fun they do? Well, we're better than that, Greg. Well, that's, that's your problem. You don't want to be better than that. You want to be you know, better at it. <laughs> you know, in other words, you shouldn't be better than to, you know, ballot harvest. You should be better at ballot harvesting. Come on, conservatives, wake up. Why do you think I called you the gelding old party? GOP, you know, there's a reason I call the GOP the gelding old parties, because they refuse to do anything, even if it's in their own interest. So this is how I think this went. So someone came up with a brilliant idea to blame conservatives for something, and then they had to think, we've, we've got to do this in a way that doesn't hurt a lot of people, because 9-11, you know, really pissed a lot of people off, and, uh, you know, and a lot of people died, and we're still talking about it. And it's still being celebrated, memorial, well, not celebrated, it's being memorialized, it's being talked about every year. And see, they don't want that. They want something to happen, and then you forget it. They just want you to remember who's, who's to blame for it. Okay, so uh, this seems like the perfect thing. So they said, well, why don't we shoot up power stations? You know, nobody gets hurt directly and everybody's lights go out. So you make a lot of people really upset as they start blaming conservatives, blaming MAGA, blaming Christians, blaming men, you know, blaming uh, the usual suspects, you know, conservative white Christian Trump supporting MAGA men. In other words, me, <laughs> you know, start blaming me and, and, and uh, 
folks who look like me. <laughs> we use the Obama line, you know, uh, and because uh, that's very popular. That's easy to do. Look at the commercials on TV. You know, the only person left to blame because all the commercials have interracial families. The only person left to blame is the white guy. So it's usually a white guy married to, you know, an inter- you know, a different race woman so that they can use the white guy as the fall guy, <laughs> literally, <laughs> you know. And so that's how it works. Anyway, so it's easy to demonize of they think, you know, white Christian men. But white Christian men are fighting back now, including this one. <laughs> so, uh, so this is why I find this so fascinating. So, you know, we know it's going to happen. Um, and again, the, 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 who else would do this? Criminals aren't going to do it. Honest law-abiding citizens aren't going to do it. The only people, you know, what are the three entities of society? Or, or you know, the, you got the corporations. I don't see the corporations shooting up their own power plants. That doesn't make sense. They might if they're getting a government contract to do it. I mean, corporations could be assisting the government plan, but corporations on their own generally don't destroy their own, you know, product and profit. You know, citizens don't. Uh, the churches, do you think they're going around shooting up uh, power stations? Do you think, uh, you know, restaurants are doing it? No. You know, who's doing it? Who's the only party of all the groups we have in society that could possibly gain from shooting, shooting up a power station, the government. So they can demonize the people that they don't like. In other words, all of us Trump supporters and, and MAGA people and people that actually believe in patriotism, you know, God, family, and country, and all of those things that we celebrate, you know, they want to get rid of us because we don't believe in them. <laughs> you know, we don't believe in the leftist Marxist God. We believe in the real one. You know, we don't believe in, in multiple uh, genders. We believe in two. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, and, and anytime you ascribe the word phobic to something, I don't care. I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not phobic of the word phobic. Well, here's, are you a phobic phobe? <laughs> are you a phobia phobe? You know, are you afraid of called phobic? Then we should, that'd be, I'm put that in my notes or something. That's great. I should do a show on that. Phobia phobe. Are you a phobia phobe? Are you afraid of being called a phobic? You know, homophobic, Islamophobic, you know, any kind of phobic. I, I think uh, there's a lot of gun phobes out there. You know, the left is full of gun phobes. You're gunphobic. What do you mean I'm gunphobic? You're gunphobic. You're, you're terrified of the sight of guns. You can't handle the responsibility of guns, so you don't want anybody else to do it. Okay, it's fine. What's well, fine for you? You know, I mean, it's not fine. <laughs> but it's, it's fine for those people that say that uh, I, I don't believe in guns. Okay, I don't care if you believe in guns. I do. <laughs> you know, I like to own a few. But that doesn't mean that you can take them away just because you have some pathological phobia. So, so you know, conservatives, Christians, patriots, uh, I shouldn't keep saying Christians because I'm sure there are, you know, w- when you look at the patriots, you know, it's all religions. It really is. You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, Muslims who don't believe in a Muslim theocracy dominating everything. You know, that they believe everything that, that the founders believed. Uh, same thing with Buddhists, same thing with Jews, same thing with any other religion. Hindu, you know, you, you know I mean, Americans are Americans. So we are everything. And there are Americans that believe in, in their founding principles, and there are Americans that don't. It's pretty simple. The left doesn't, and the rest of us do. But there are phobics. There are gunphobes, patriot phobes, megaphobes. You know, the freedom phobes. <laughs> are you a freedom phobe? Are you a liberty phobe? Do you have a pathological fear of freedom? <laughs> well, obviously you do. So use phobia against them. That's, uh, that's what you want to do. So, and then I have more down the list here of, of previous incidents of fake uh, acts of terrorism by government, I believe, uh, that were uh, used to accuse other people, usually, you know, white, male, MAGA, Christian, patriot, independent, you know, independent thinking. Uh, anybody that thinks other than what the government wants them to think uh, gets demonized. So we got the Clinton church burnings. Remember that? Those, those white people were burning the churches. I can't do Clinton. I'm sorry. The one impressed can't do. You know, and it turned out to be uh, government people or people in the church themselves. So there, you know, black churches were being burned by black parishioners in those churches. That's like the Reichstag fire when Hitler set fire to the German parliament and blamed the Jews. Well, who set fire to the German parliament? You know, the German parliament. You know, Hitler and, and his government. 
Okay, and again, the, the main the main battleship for the Spanish American War, the Greer for Gulf of Tonkin, the Lusitania for World War One, uh, Pearl Harbor for World War Two. Need I go on? So anyway, so we've got all these things, and then of course the, the latest uh, people that the government is is persecuting because they're all freedom phobes, they're liberty phobes, would be parents at school board meetings, and of course all the January six people that are in the D.C. Gulag as political prisoners, uh, having their rights stripped away from them. You know, every bit as bad as any communist uh, prison anywhere in the world. Uh, and then, of course, that brings me to the Southern Poverty Law Center. So we haven't heard from them yet. So I'm going to look them up. You know, what does the Southern Poverty Law Center have on, you know, white Christian Trump supporting, you know, men, you know, shooting up power stations? Let's find out. <laughs> let's, let's do that right now. <laughs> this is live radio. I got time. Time before Diane gets here. Oh, there's my uh, I found the full opinion on um, on the, the Kerry Lake, uh, this bogus decision by Judge uh, Thompson. It's really horrible. I mean, I'll, just, I'll give you the first little bit here. Under advisement ruling, the court has considered the evidence presented at the evidentiary hearing on December 21st uh, through 22nd, two whole days, including all exhibits admitted. In other words, they, did, they didn't consider the exhibits they didn't admit, right? Okay. As well as testimony witnesses, the court has read and considered all 220 affidavits attached to the verified petition. The court has also considered blah, 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 blah. And it says, <laughs> this is the funny part. It says legal standards and burden of proof. Throughout the history of Arizona, the bar to overturn an election on the grounds of misconduct in this state or territory has always been a high one. It is the object of elections to ascertain a free expression of the will of the voters, and no mere irregularity can be considered unless it is shown that the result has been affected by such irregularity. So in other words, cheating is okay as long as it doesn't overturn the election or change the result. Well, how do you know? But of course, the point is that cheating is not okay. <laughs> you know, it says the burden of proof in an election contest is on the challenger. Well, that's not true. The burden of proof is, is to prove that the ballots were legal. So this guy totally reverses the burden of proof because, you know, he's, a, he's an apparatchik. He's, a, he's an apparatchik of the state to keep Carrie Lake from, from, from office. We'll talk about that later. So we've got the January 6th prisoners. We've got the people at the school boards. Uh, oh, sorry, I was going to look up Southern Poverty Law Center. Hang on. I'm sorry. I digress. Maybe I should play something while I look it up. Now, that might be too confusing. It's more fun to do it live. So let's go Southern. I'm reaching around my microphone right now. I might sound a little funny. Southern Poverty Law Center. Right. Domestic. Domestic. Terrorist. <laughs> yeah, I can't quite reach the O. Shooting up. Power stations. P-O-W-R-S-E-T-I-O-N-S. Power stations. Let's see what we get. Ah, terror from the right. Southern Poverty Law Center. Here we go. <laughs> that didn't take long. Uh, oh, that's, a, that's a different one. Okay. Uh, no. Domestic terrorism. Nothing on shooting up uh, power stations yet. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're they're getting their their marching orders from uh, from uh, Merrick Garland right now. They're probably in meetings somewhere. This is how we want you to to prosecute the, the Christians. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry to my German listeners. I'm sorry. It's it's your history. I can't help it. <sighs> Let's see what else we got. Hate Watch, Southern Poverty Law Center. Well, nothing that I see, nothing stands out right away from Southern Poverty Law Center saying we want to do this. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, you've got the idea, got the idea of, of what I've been talking about here. So let me take a um, – only just for my, my last little bit of the row. I'll take a break here for a little bit, and then I'll come back with, with the article that, uh, that spawned this whole – um, theory of mine, which I hope is not true, but if, even if it isn't, it would make a great story to, to report. So well, here's what we think the government is doing. Speculation 101. So I wrote that, uh, it says, uh, the next thing I wrote is that now the, the MAGA men shooting up power stations, putting hundreds of thousands of people in the dark. I said, this is a brilliant plan to affect the maximum number of people 
virtually untraceable without cameras. The company's security teams could be government in disguise, and no one gets hurt, uh, like the bombing of the Murray Building, 9-11, or Flight 800. Well, Flight 800, I think, was an accident. Uh, they, just, they just screwed up and shot down the airliner uh, with the Navy missiles. Um, but that's a different story. Anyway, uh, if you look at it in terms of maximum effect with minimum you know, uh, collateral damage, should we say? Is that, what the, is that what the military says when they kill civilians, when they're going after a military target? It was only collateral damage. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, still damage, still death. Anyway, um, so let me take a – let me make a little note here of the time. I'm trying to make better show notes by actually recording the times as I do stuff. You know, so you're, you're getting all my inside baseball stuff because it's just me here. So that's kind of cool. I don't mind. I, I, like, I like having a chance to chat with you uh, in detail and at length. But I also like callers too, so I'm kind of torn. All right, notebook's out. We're ready to go. I'll play a couple things, and I'll come back with the article yesterday that started this whole cascading uh, theory of thought. Be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. 
the guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. down to the newsroom. Okay, so yesterday I had this article, uh, Are Electric Substation Attacks the New Normal? Keys to Better Infrastructure Protection. See, I don't think that's what it is at all. I don't think they're, they're protecting. I think they're, they're setting up. Uh, and, the, the, and the person that wrote this, and I was trying to find the website, it actually says Homeland Security uh, GTSC. So this is a group that I guess uh, advises uh, and is made up of Homeland Security people. Let me just read the, the, the bio and the author because I'm still having trouble identifying this website. Uh, so it, it says the, the person that wrote this is James Madia, M-A-D-I-A, December 8th, 2022, so a couple of weeks ago. Interesting, huh? So, in fact, this was written before, you know, all the Christmas uh, power stations were shot up. I find that interesting. Right? So, I mean, like I say, you put the pieces together in your head and, and tell me what you think. So James Mattia, white guy, <laughs> beard, <laughs> you know, white hair. Um, his, here's his bio. Dr. James D. Mattia is a senior security and risk management professional with 35 years of experience in the emergency response community. Did you know there was an emergency response community? <laughs> and, and who is this community? And, and uh, you know, it, it responding to what kind of emergencies? I'm, I'm curious. I, like I said, I'm just, I'm just reading his bio. He currently serves as a manager of business operations, infrastructure security, and regulatory compliance at a major electric utility, <laughs> so far unnamed, and as an independent consultant to government and business. Well, isn't that interesting? So he talks to the utilities, he talks to government, and he talks to business. Who better? <laughs> you know, to either know about or, or, or have a hand in describing or setting up how this could actually be done if the government's doing it. Again, I'm way out on a conspiracy theory. I have no proof of this at all. I'm just putting the evidence out there, and this is what it looks like to me. Okay. So this is Dr. Mattia, retired from Inglewood Police Department in 2014. Okay, so he's you know, at the rank of captain. So he knows the police. He knows how to either, uh, you know, use evidence or hide it. <laughs> Sorry, James Maddie. You want to call my show? Give me a call. 215-383-3832. Happy to talk to you on the air. Uh, serving as command staff executive during his 29-year law enforcement career, he served in executive and senior management roles. Well, I guess he wasn't out on the street then. Directing the emergency response team, special operations division, scientific services, media relations, and hostage negotiations team. This guy's been busy. This guy's got quite a background. Well, let's, let's go through these one by one. All right, so he's got management roles directed the emergency response team. Okay, so he knows how to send in teams. He knows how to work with special teams, like maybe government teams that shoot up power stations. I mean, I'm just speculating here, but it just, he, know, he knows how to do that. Okay, so he would know how to tell people, other people how to do it. He could probably train them in it. Just, just saying. You know, he's probably got SWAT and tactical training if he was that long as a, in the police department. What, what do SWAT teams have? They have guns. Just, just putting the evidence out there, okay? Special operations division. Well, what is that? Special operations. In other words, a secret government team to shoot up power stations. See how the theme keeps coming back? The more you go into this, the more you realize, huh, well, that's interesting. Scientific services. Okay, would that be like forensic stuff? Is it, would that be hiding the evidence of the government team shooting up the power station? I mean, it's, this guy's like the perfect one to do this. I just find that interesting. He's writing the article. All right. Media relations. Okay, well, there's your propaganda. 
So now he now he can coordinate with the media to release just the amount of right information, demonizing, you know, Trump supporting, uh, you know, patriotic Americans, you know, uh, conservatives, independents, libertarians, you know, uh, all the folks that uh, that the leftists don't like because we don't, you know, worship the left. So he knows, how, and so he's he's got everything, and the hostage negotiations team. I'm not sure how that plays in, because uh, I think the I think because he's got experience in the hostage negotiating team, he knew that you don't want to have people involved in this operation, because then it just gets it gets messy and terrible, and people get hurt and people get killed. And if you want to demonize people, you want to do it that, that demonizes the most for the least impact. In other words, you don't want to kill people to, to demonize other people, because you don't want to kill people. I mean, I, I believe that, uh, that the folks that are behind this are, are that ethical at least. But it is interesting that uh, that they're shooting up property. I mean, who really cares about property? It gets fixed, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me. So whatever the components are in the power stations that are being shot up and, and uh, having the power go up for the thousands of, or hundreds of thousands of people, those things are replaceable. They just make more of them. They just you know, take out the parts that were shot up and put in new parts. So it, at best, it's, it's really inconvenient, but it, it makes people mad. Nothing makes people angrier than a power failure. You know, in terms of, of uh, you know, just generally upsetting your life. Because you've got all these new decisions. What were you doing? You know, did your electric shaver go off halfway? You know, what about the food in your fridge? You know, did you lose whatever computer program you're working on because you didn't save it for the last 45 minutes? You know, I mean, all these things happen when the power goes out. My show goes off here when the power goes out. Because uh, we get lightning strikes around here. So I know about power failures. Uh, so I have to get one of those UPS, you know, permanent things to keep it going. But this guy's a really interesting guy. Uh, he also is an expert in Homeland Security. Uh huh. Including critical incident response, infrastructure protection, and emergency management. Wow, this guy's really qualified. Dr. Mattia holds a doctorate in policy and planning and development, so he knows how to put the operations together. From the University of Southern California, Sol Price School of Public Policy, and a Master of Arts in Security Studies. Did you know there's a Master of Arts in Security Studies? Homeland Security and Defense from the United States Naval Postgraduate School Center for Homeland Security and uh, Homeland Defense and Security. So if anybody in the country would know how to put together a government team that was untraceable, that, that could, not be, uh, could not be found out, that, that, that would leave no evidence, that would shoot up power stations so they could blame, you know, us patriots out here, this is the guy. <laughs> this is the guy who would know how to do that. Uh, and I just find it interesting. He writes an article in, uh, where's the website here? hstoday.us. So this is a government website, okay? I don't know how I found it. <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't been pulled. I've, I've already uh, taken this article and put it on my hard drive. So when the FBI comes to collect it, they'll find it, <laughs> okay? But just so, just so you all can look this up, it's on my Facebook page. If anybody wants to look this up, hstoday.us slash featured slash our electric substation attacks the new normal keys to better infrastructure protection. If you missed it, listen to the podcast. Okay. So there we go. So let me start the article. I'm going to go through the whole article again. I think it's that valuable um, to do this because you can see the pattern. He goes from innocuous to uh, downright conspiratorial himself. That's what I think is so much fun about this. Looks like Pianchi wants to join me again as we go through the article again. Pianchi, are you ready for another read-through? You want to analyze it with me? Oh, yeah, I hear well, let me okay. ask you a question. Sure. You say that this is demonization on white. How do you know it's not a black separatist or black nationalist group? That's, well, the only reason I said whites is because that's generally who the left demonizes, because it's politically acceptable. You know, you didn't Maybe see anybody demonizing. demonizing whites is a distraction. Oh, okay. You know, uh, during Obama, the number of 
black separatist groups increased. Mm-hmm. Well, he encouraged it. Was it was on a downward turn, but when he got elected, the numbers started going up to, according to the uh, Poverty Center, where it's over 200 and probably 270 now. So what are the goal of black separatist groups? Do they, do they want separate towns, separate uh, services, separate everything, separate facilities? How, how far does it go? Well, you got two. You got the black separatists, you got black nationalists, mm-hmm. and they both have different ideologies. So if they're trying to get more people to come along in their view, uh, what best would it be then to make all the lights in the neighborhood go up? If they see there, they only cut out your lights. Yeah, you could probably pick the substations that go to the the, the white neighborhoods or the substations that go to the black neighborhoods, uh, and then you know, and then shoot up the the opposite race and blame them. I I don't know well, why. I mean, it just I don't remember it's black. Not like this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that blacks seem to congregate together mm-hmm. in areas like the uh, North St. Louis County. Okay. Uh, so damn near every sub every substation would be providing electricity for that area. So there's all sorts of uh, possibilities. Yeah, again, we don't have an answer. Uh, this is this is wild speculation. This is a conspiracy theory. I'll, I'll say it right out. That's exactly what we're doing. But all the conspiracy truths start as conspiracy theories. So we can't prove it. But I, I think by a preponderance of evidence, I think we can show that this is a definite possibility. Um, but was it now? Remember, remember Clinton and the black churches. He said, well, the, 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 the white people, the white racists are destroying the black churches. They're setting them on fire. And it turned out to be black parishioners in those churches were doing it and then blaming it on, on who, who they were accusing of racist white people. So it was really interesting. That stopped. That stopped, by the way. Uh, we haven't heard about that for a while. So that tactic I don't think worked when, when everybody started saying, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Here's the person that did it. You know, it's a black member of the church. So that As a work. church in Albany, Illinois, a black preacher buried his own church down. Who do you blame? Do you remember exactly who the blame went to? Who was the well, he had to be blaming whites. The sure wasn't blaming blacks. Hmm. In Alton. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, and Alton this is why I'm back to Lovejoy, Illinois. Goes back to uh, huh. the burning of uh, Elijah. I think it was Elijah Lovejoy printing presses by white. So yes, he's probably uh, taking advantage of that story. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that you can't. Uh-huh concentrate on one without and leaving the other. And you know the funny thing about these black separatist groups, mm-hmm. you had a uh, sympathizer, if not member, of a black separatist group that headed the January 6th committee, Benny Thomas. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him, so anything you want to tell me about him, that would be interesting. But, you know, you want to talk about a black separatist group. Black Lives Matter is a black separatist group. You know, what they should say is Black Lives Matter more. I mean, that's, that's, they're, they're missing a part of the title because that's really what they're talking about. They're a black supremacist group. And so they, you know, they could riot in the streets and it was okay. You know, and, and Trump supporters could walk into the Capitol, you know, by invitation and they're all in jail. So it's fascinating how the government uses different groups for different purposes. In fact, I'm, I'm convinced that Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and various foreign operatives and FBI operatives, you know, were in there first to disrupt the Arizona uh, challenge. You know, while the Trump supporters were still listening to Trump, you know, 45 minutes walk away, you know, way down the other end of the Capitol. So it's, it's yeah. interesting. So look, here's another thing, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. The thing that, that gets you and you, you should be concerned, 
no matter what the cause is, if you pro America, if you pro border border protection, if you are anti uh, sexual explicit material being introduced to the elementary school like mass resistance is, mm-hmm. you are labeled some sort of anti this, anti that separatist hate group. Or phobic. You know, phobic, I, I yes. the, the phobic phobes, as I call them now, the people that are afraid that they're afraid of something. <laughs> You're a phobic mm-hmm. phobe. Yeah. Well, let's explore this further because I'm trying to figure, you know, who's going to benefit. So the leftists generally, the reason I, I, I singled out white people, especially white men, especially white Christian men, is that's the usual target. That is the usual target of the Marxists because they, you know, they'll say white privilege. They'll say this, you know, men are the problem. So they can't demonize women even though they do with uh, the swim teams and the, and the other stuff like that. But they can't openly do that because they want, the, they want the, the leftist feminists on board. You know, they figure that, uh, well, the, the people least likely to vote for a leftist uh, administration are, are probably white guys. You know, I mean, just, uh, or, you know, maybe I shouldn't limit it to that. I don't want to exclude anybody else who would vote for it, but that's who they seem to go after. And the only reason I think they go after is demographically, the people most likely to vote for freedom um, over socialism are white men. And I think that's been documented. Let me, let me look that up. I want to, before I, before I make that a definite claim, when you speak of left or right, you also have to include the extreme of both sides. Well, what's there's extreme, extreme right? right and there's the what's extreme, extreme right? left. Yeah. What's extreme right? Extreme right would be uh beyond Nazis. No, not at all. Those are extreme left. See, that's the whole point. That's that's the big lie. That's the big misunderstanding. Yeah, no, I'm, sorry. I'm, always sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. You're right. The extreme left would be neo-Nazis. But yeah. uh, you have the extreme in both. Well, I agree with you. They're extreme groups. But, but let's define the extreme right. Who Name a group that is extremely right, extreme right wing. I mean extreme, not just, not just casually, not just, uh, you know, once, you know, less government, uh, you know, lower spending. You know, things like that. I'm talking about extreme. The extreme right is anarchy. So who wants no government? Which so the extreme right would probably be your militia groups just running around in the woods practicing. Well, except that they a lot of times they support the Constitution, so they can't be extreme right if they support the Constitution. That's a mainstream position. That's a normal American yeah, but position. What, ex- what extent do you go to? Well, if you're going to protect the Constitution, if you're if or, so, let's go to intent then. So, if your intent is to protect the Constitution by defending against an unconstitutional government that has 287,000 armed bureaucrats, over half a million to a million guns, and billions of rounds of ammunition, yes, I'd be practicing too. If your intent is to but do something violent, right. like kidnap the governor of Michigan, then no. And I believe that was a, that was a completely entrapment plot. I'm just using that as an example. But what's the intent of the, of the militia groups? Are they defending the Constitution against the government? Or are they trying to take over and impose their own government of tyranny? Some of them are anti-interracial marriage. Some of them are anti-immigration. Uh-huh. They have a, a host of uh, – a plethora of stances, okay, especially so interracial marriage. Okay, so and they show to... up in different countries around the world too, mm-hmm. like South Africa, uh, Brazil, Nicaragua, Chile, okay. Canada. So here's how you separate the patriotic groups from the uh, from the leftist militia groups. It all comes down to who imposes the solution. 
So if you're against interracial marriage, you can be against it all you want. Like you said, we've talked about this. People are, are free to be racist individually. You know, you tell your kid, you're not marrying a, a person of this race. Okay. That's racism. You know, is it okay? Well, if the family's doing it, you know, unless the family corrects it, you know, but you're not affecting the law. You're not a, you know, the only people that are being affected are like kids. <laughs> you know? um, but uh, as far as that goes, you know, overall effects, I mean, that kind of racism exists in every culture, every society, every, you know, every group you can think of is going to have people that don't want people of other groups in their family. We've talked about that. But the difference, the critical difference is who imposes the solution. So if you don't like interracial marriages and you just complain about it, you know, first of all, you're an idiot. But secondly, um, you're not calling for a government to impose well, a solution. Not, that's not, well, not an idiot. a person just don't like that. It's not yeah. an idiot, Greg. Yeah, no, you're right. That was, that was, it happens on both sides. You got yeah, let me black take that back. Yeah. You got black against interracial marriage. They don't want their daughters or their sons mm-hmm. marrying outside of their race. You have the same okay. thing. You have the mercy killings in, in, uh, Saint, in well, the St. Louis County area. Around, I think mean, honor uh, killings, but I, I don't like that name either. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me correct myself. Then let me do a little self correction. Uh, mea culpa. That was not that was not right to say these people are idiots. So let me take that back and let me characterize this as I don't agree. Okay, I don't agree if you're if you're telling you know your family members you can't do this with this race, whatever that other race is. But it's going to happen. But I'm not going to I'm not going to do anything about it. I mean that's just that's, that's just individual behavior. You know you're free to do it, even though I disagree. You know who cares? What my opinion doesn't matter in that case. All right. That's not, my, that's not my place. But what is my place is to talk about who imposes the solution. So if you're just against interracial marriage and you tell your family you're against interracial marriage, that's one thing. If you're against interracial marriage and you want a government solution to prosecute, incarcerate, or in any way punish people because they marry interracially, now you bring in a government solution. The greater the government solution, the further you are to the left because the left, as we know, is tyranny. So if the militia groups are trying to keep people free, they're trying to oppose government force, that's a good thing. If a militia is trying to bring about government force, let's, take a, let's talk about the neo-Nazis, the real Nazis. We're talking about good old-fashioned you know, Nazis, National German Socialist Workers' Party. That's what the Nazis were. They were leftists, and everything they wanted required a massive government solution. In other words, tyranny, totalitarianism. So if the neo-Nazis today want to kick out all the Jews from the United States, for example, all right, that requires a government solution. Otherwise, it isn't going to happen. Now, if, if they just say they don't like Jews, okay, then they're just prejudiced. But they're not affecting the, the law. They're not affecting you know, mass amounts of people's lives. They're just looked at as the bigots that they are. But if they say, we're going we're gonna to get people elected in office, and we're going to bring about a tyrannical government, and, and you know, what happened in Germany you know, with the Holocaust, See, that's the difference. The difference is who imposes the solution. Well, that's the way to uh, go about making change is by getting people elected. What do you consider mm-hmm. the nation of Israel? Yeah, I'm really not familiar as much with that. I mean, to me, it's, uh, I think they're more annoying than anything else because I don't see them having power over my life, but I could be wrong. Well, you tell me about the nation of Islam. I know Farrakhan, well, uh, uh, he hates Jews. Jews. I, know that. I don't really think so white people, but I know he hates Jews. So what else can we tell you about Farrakhan? I don't know if they hate Sammy Davis Jr. or not, but they have their own uh, ideology. Matter of fact, early on, when uh, when, uh, Elijah Muhammad was this, him and Malcolm met met with uh, George Rockwell, who Hmm. was the founder of the Nazi Party here in the United States. Oh, that's interesting. Now, is, is the Nation of Islam calling for an actual Nation of Islam using government tyrannical power to bring it about? See, that's the difference. That's what makes you a leftist. That's what makes you, you know, yeah, dangerous. Yeah, members of government. 
What's that? Okay. What, what have they done? Well, they done like a typical politician. <laughs> okay. All right. So, in other words, just, they, they, they uh, get caught it? up in indictments because of bribery. So, they <laughs> typical politician, typical human being. Okay, so they're corrupt, but they're not calling for you know an extermination of white people. They're not calling for a second Holocaust. They're not uh, you know even though they may despise other people who don't look like it them. To quote Obama, it depends on yeah. what it depends on what meeting you go to. So what I'm yeah. saying is this: you have okay, people I want to go back to the article. run yep. the gamut from the mm-hmm. least extreme, moderate to the extreme on both sides, and that's okay. what you have to recognize. Uh, so when the Nazis that. Uh, was denied, when the right. Nazis was denied uh, a place to sp- a speech, the American Civil Liberties Union came to their behalf because you know they figured that free speech should be granted to everyone. Yeah, that was in the ACLU. Uh, they denied the Rockwell. Yeah. They denied Rockwell's ability to be uh, buried in a national cemetery, although he was a veteran. So hmm. things can be looked at however you want to look at them for what they are. Yeah. Well, let's bring it back to the the, the question of of, uh, of the power supply of, of the substations. So, what groups, what extremist groups might benefit from this? All of them. That that was their agenda. Yes. Yeah. This is where I question it. This is where, because I think a lot of what we hear are extremist groups and not extremist groups. In fact, I don't even know if they exist. No one's ever come forward with an actual white supremacist group. I think the last one was the Aryan Nation back in the 80s or the Aryan Brotherhood. Uh, I think that's about, and they were leftists. That's why probably you don't hear about it much anymore. You look at any, any of these supremacist any groups, they're always leftists. Group, they always black supremacist group also. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let, let's, we've established that. I want to get back to this issue because I think this is really critical. And yeah, I want to follow you, this. Uh, let me get to the article. Yeah. No, see, you're raising story, good point. But I just wanted to add that in there because this can go on for quite some time. Yeah. But reading the article is based on the person who wrote the article's opinion. But when you start getting off into the realities, that's a whole different discussion. And it can take up a lot of time. Well, that's why I went over his bio of James Mega earlier. This guy's got a ton of training. So, given the, the, what I wrote, what I read earlier, uh, let me just, let me just do, review a couple of things real quickly here to keep it fresh in people's minds. This guy is senior security and risk management professional, 35 years of experience in emergency response. Uh, he currently serves as a manager of business operations, infrastructure security, and regulatory compliance at a major electric utility. So he's already in the biz, right? And is an independent consultant to government, so he works with them, and business. And he's got all the bases covered. Dr. Mattia retired from the Inglewood Police Department in 2014 at the rank of captain, serving as a command staff executive, so he's probably got SWAT training. During his 29-year law enforcement career, he served in executive and senior management roles, directing the emergency response team, so he knows how to work special teams, special operations division, same thing, scientific services, so he knows about evidence, either finding it or hiding it, (laughs) media relations, so he knows propaganda, and hostage negotiations, so he knows how to do things with people. This guy's good, and that's not all his qualifications, but this guy, and this is what he writes, sabotage of the electric substations in Moore County, North Carolina was a shock, (laughs) no pun intended. While we do not yet know all the details of the attacks, the reporting, wait a minute, how can he not know all the details of the attacks? This guy's a specialist in this. This is what he does. He's a consultant to business, to government, to electric power companies. He says we don't know all the details. He's not providing any of the details. That's something wrong right there. This is my first red flag. 
Then he says the reporting has consistently asserted that substation components were badly damaged, uh, asserted. You know, they haven't, not definitively, but they've asserted, right? Badly damaged by gunfire in what appears to be a coordinated and intentional assault. Okay, where's the why? He doesn't say why. He can't say why because he's not ready to blame, you know, uh, the, the, the Trump folks for this, right? But he says, but if it's coordinated, so he knows this is an organized effort. Well, who can put this kind of an operation together? That's not in the article either. Um, then he says, the public statements that follow declaring an emergency and instituting a curfew and repair estimates of the damage. Okay, that's fine. All right, this is the details here. Then he says, much of the next paragraph, should the, I'm going to get to the good stuff in a minute. Much of the media coverage of the North Carolina attacks focused on comparisons to the 2013 attack on Pacific Gas and Electric's Metcalf substation. That was done with AK-47s, by the way. <laughs> they say assault rifles, but that's what they were. I remember I was there when it happened. Not there at the plant, but there in the Bay Area. Uh, assault rifles severely damaging, 10, a bunch of different substations, okay? Then it says, if not for the early detection and reporting, the loss of the Metcalf substations, electric capacity could have blacked out parts of Silicon Valley. Well, you can't do that to big tech, you know? You can't take out the left as friends, so they got the power back on right away. That I find interesting. Metcalf was not the first domestic sabotage incident involving electric infrastructure. Well, how does he know it's domestic? He has no idea. He's not even considering this could be foreign terrorists. That's not, this isn't entered into this at all. It's all domestic. We don't know. We don't know what they did. This was a special team. They did all this damage. They did it with gunfire. No hostage note, no demand note, no requirement, no nothing. Nobody identified themselves. Nobody took responsibility. You know, the, uh, the Electric Power Freedom Party, <laughs> you know, the, there's so many gaps in this thing. It's what's missing the from thing, the article is what I find so fascinating. Go ahead. The same thing could be directed at natural gas. <clears throat> There's natural gas storage tanks, these telescoping ones. Have you ever seen those huge things? Yeah, I know. The ones that well, fill up and they telescope up? Yeah. They're okay. telescoping. They're, they're telescoping. So around mm-hmm. certain times of the year, mm-hmm. the gas company will pump these bad boys full for right. the upcoming cool, uh, heating season. Well, uh-huh. people have shot at them. Uh, I know one there on Natural Bridge Road just west of Goodfellas. There's another one over in uh, South St. Louis off of uh, Manchester. Uh, Did they damage it? Did they damage it? Well, they're still, I don't know what, I don't think they damaged it, but people shoot at them. See, that's that's the exposed during uh, New Year's Eve fire. Bullets go up and they come down. Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. I know that. But think about this. First of all, it, the, the, he's saying that these are organized teams, that there is damage by gunfire, so they know exactly what to shoot at, which means this is a planned operation. People that just shoot a big gas tank because they think it's funny. I mean, what if that gas tank exploded? So in other words, the, the, uh, the utility, the gas company has to take that into consideration. These things have to be strong enough to withstand a certain amount of gunfire because they're idiots out there. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about yeah. organized teams that are shooting up sub, particular substations uh, to put power out for a bunch of people. So here's the thing, too. Why, if you're, if you're a leftist in government, why would you not shoot up a natural, why would you not have a natural gas leak? I'll let you figure this one out. Why would you not? Why would you if not? These why organized would, why would teams, you, how would these organized, no, no, you, I, would, I would ask this guy, how would these organized teams be supported? They've got to have hotel, transportation, food. Yep. Credit card records. Supported? Are they all in so, cash? If they're not, yeah. uh, if they're not constantly engaged in that activity, then they would be off and on. So during the time that they're off, what are they doing? Leading a normal life? Well, unless they're the security guards or they're the actual uh, employees, <laughs> you know, or they're, they work for, for the government somehow, in which case uh, that would explain it. 
you know, these government well, operatives it's, like it's Ray Epps. Security guards at the, the normal, the average substation is just right there in the open. Exactly. Behind some chain link fence. Right, and nobody gets hurt when you shoot them up because there's no guards. You don't you don't take out the guards, as they say. You know, there's nobody there to stop you. So you can they, these are precise aimed things using uh, you know high powered or, or at least moderately powered rifles. They're not using handguns to do this. They're using rifles. And what they they're the shooting transformers really? Yeah, yeah. What they're shooting at is down transformers. Uh-huh. You should well, have a picture on Facebook of a worker <laughs> in a basket. What he was doing was resetting a a switch. Okay, let me let, let me get back to the question. Why why not natural gas? If you're a leftist, why can't you release natural gas? I don't know. I think called natural gas run on the ground. I'm, I don't know. No, I never. No. Climate change. <laughs> think like a leftist. You can't release natural gas. You can't blow up a natural gas tank because you release all that all that uh, carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Think like a leftist. Mm-hmm. That's why they're going after the electricity, not the gas. Betcha, betcha. But anyway, this is interesting uh, thought, so continue on. Oh, I will. Uh, I've had a great time. I'm having more fun with this than I've had in a long time. So then it says, uh, attacks on U.S. electric infrastructure, they go with that. Let's get to the good stuff. Let me go down to the conspiracy part here. And this is the heading. So if you get the article, and I've already read the, the title, it's in the, earlier in the show, I'll do it again. But the, well, let me do it one more time here, just, just so everybody knows what we're doing. This is the uh, GTSC, Homeland Security is the title. Uh, the article is Electric Substation Attacks the New Normal, Keys to Better Infrastructure Protection. And the website is HSToday. So that's H-S-T-O-D-A-Y dot U-S dot featured. I mean, excuse me, slash featured slash our electric substation attacks the new normal. Da, 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 da. So this, so this is, so if it's dot us, that's a government website, correct? Piaki? He's, he's gone. Piaki? I was Okay. No, but if it says, let me, so this is just one last question. Then I'll get back to the article. If the website is hstoday.us, that's a government website, right? Or does it have to be dot gov? What does .us mean? Anybody can have U.S. Okay, so it's not necessarily government then. Okay, so it's, but I know it's read by government. All right, so let me get to this part here. And it says, uh, domestic extremist groups intent on attacking the grid. He doesn't even consider foreign terrorists. That's not even an issue, all right? Um, but he goes right to domestic. He says, the Duke energy attack in Moore County is the third reported attack this year. While it is impossible to know how many attacks go unreported, well, <laughs> wouldn't they all be reported, at least to their company? I bet you they know exactly how many attacks they've had. Then it says, this attack frequency is concerning. However, it is not only the successful, the successful attacks that are cause for concern. Attack-related chatter from domestic violent extremist groups has been on the rise. Let me say that. Here's the demonization part. This is the part that, that I think proves my theory that this is a government-coordinated uh, event, uh, and, it's gonna, and they're going to use this to attack people that they don't like. It says attack-related chatter, so that means they're, they're listening in. Well, how would you know that? Unless you're either watching or listening in or, or tapping into or you've infiltrated whatever groups you think or you're making up the groups yourselves um, or you're spying. How would you get attack-related chatter? That's not some of this broadcast that uh, people don't go online and go, hey, I'm going to blow up this. They don't do that. They're not stupid. They usually encrypt these things or talk secretly. So how would they even get attack-related chatter from domestic violent extremist groups have been on the rise uh, unless they either know who they are <laughs> you know, um, or, or, or they are the groups themselves? 
I mean, this, this guy gives it away. He, he gives away stuff. He doesn't even know he's giving away. Then he says, as a num- he says oh, so attack-related chatter is up as, the, as has the number of, of thwarted plots. Well, isn't that what the government always does when they, when they have a success? We seized, you know, 100 tons of marijuana before it hit the streets. We seized, you know, X bushels of fentanyl. They always talk about this. We stopped the terrorist plot and arrested the perpetrators. They always brag about that. I don't know any media coverage of anybody that has been arrested for plotting to shoot up a power substation. Leading to my theory again, this is a government uh, demonization effort. This is a persecution thing. Then he says extremist groups use social media, chat rooms, and other platforms to share information and dissemble or disseminate their ideologies. Really? So if I go on social media and I put in uh, extremist groups that hate power plants, am I going to find a group? Piaki, what do you think? Should we try it? <laughs> well, you know, Rick, I guess you could. I mean, that had never been a much concern for me myself. Okay. Well, like I say, I'm not, uh, the concern is, is what the government wants to do with this, not the actual shooting up at the power stations, because apparently they're pretty easy to replace the components that are shot up. I think that they're doing something that causes the maximum annoyance and anger for the least uh, physical cost and uh, certainly the least cost of lives, because nobody's being killed by these things. They're just shooting up the power stations. But it's pissing off hundreds of thousands of people who are losing their power. So this seems to me like the perfect propaganda device. They says much of the chatter has specifically encouraged attacks against substations and other components of the power grid. In some cases, using the Metcalf attack as an example of how to conduct such operations. Well, who would do that? Who is studying how to attack substations? I don't think it's the federal government. What would they? I mean, that's really kind of stretching it there. Says your federal government is having people go around shooting up power stations. Shooting no, no, gas lines. Listen, our federal government is injecting you know, it, billions, billions of people. Who in the federal government would be authorizing that? Where would the budget come from? Oh, it'd be black budget. No offense. <laughs> it would be off the books. This is, this is not something. This would be a CIA, FBI. Uh, this would be off the books. You, you'd never find the budget for this. This would be uh, in their special operations that this guy apparently knows about, the author of the article. <clears throat> well, if this is a black budget, and you call somebody shooting up your power station, and you fired on them and killed them, then you shouldn't be charged, right? Uh, I don't know if you can, if defending a power station with deadly force uh, is a legitimate use of deadly force. If, they, if the person attacking the power station turns the gun on you, yes, <laughs> now it's justified. But if they're just shooting up the power station, I don't think, uh, I think at that point you, you call the police, well, you call you 911. Shoot up the power station, you uh-huh. may have people that's on respirators, oxygen supply, life support, that there is is indirectly causing the death that you have to protect. Children on incubators yeah. and hospitals. Yeah. Well, those folks usually have backup generators, um, but you're right. And I, I talked about, in fact, I even mentioned that earlier in the show, that shooting of a power station, you know, the people are going to uh, die of the heat in the summer. They're going to die of the cold in the winter. And in the hospitals and the operating rooms and everything else, you know, you're going to, you know, if, unless they have good generators, you're going to have loss of life. So, but I think they would consider that collateral damage. Like I say, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, this is, I'm not way on a limb here with this one. I think further than I've ever been as far as, uh, but what I'm trying to do is, is, is I'd like to get the story out there that it's possible that the government might be thinking of this to demonize people um, using power stations as the, as the next vehicle of demonization. So we can head it off so that when they do actually do this, um, then we already say, look, we told you they were going to do it. Or if it stops them from doing it, if they're planning to, and they don't do it, 
the, the government says, well, we never did that, you say, but we'll never know if we stopped them or not. So this is, I think it's worth doing. I think it's worth getting the story out there as a, as a possibility. So hopefully it's, if it is a pos- if they are thinking of doing it, we can head it off. Anyway, that's my goal. So then he says, this is one group so far unnamed. See, they never named the groups. This is, this is why it's so easy to write this stuff because they never named the groups of the people. He says, one group claimed to have the detailed maps of the power grid for the Western United States. And as a, that's why I said yesterday, anybody can look that up. Members of another extremist group were arrested with weapons and explosives near Las Vegas in 2020. Which group? Which explosives? What was, were they convicted? Were they let go? There's no details. This is this group also had plans to attack electric substations. <gasps> we come to these, these, these little electric substations. It just seems like a whole lot of fuss on a small component of the electric power grid. That's another reason I'm curious. Why that? Why wouldn't you, you know, if you really want to stop power, why do you like blow up the Hoover Dam? You know, I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying that, that if, if someone were really, a, you know, a vicious terrorist, wanted to cause maximum impact, why don't they blow up dams? Well, how are they going to get credit for it? <laughs> That's the other thing. If they got an organization, they want to get credit for it. So they're going to call in the news anonymous and say that we did this. This is the name of the group. And uh, holy hallelujah. Oh, what is the negotiation? When they sit down at the table, they get ready to leave. It's going to be about 500 law enforcement out there waiting on them. What are they going to do, have a shootout? <laughs> well, I talked about that, too. Well, this guy's a hostage negotiator, so he would know about that, which is probably why I think he picked an operation that doesn't involve people. There will be no hostages. Nobody's at these power substations. They're not manned, if I can say that. You know, there's nobody there. So it's the perfect target. Yeah, but it, it, if, if they say that we want to negotiate, they're uh-huh. going to have to sit down and talk to somebody. And when they go to the negotiation table and get ready to leave, there's going to be 500 authorities out there waiting on So what are they going to do then? Exactly. This is, well, this is why I say well, there's, there's no profit. All these lines are just plain fools. But there's no profit in this. So what's the only organization that operates with no profit whatsoever? Criminals want to profit. Legitimate businesses want to profit. Individual entrepreneurs want to profit. The only entity that doesn't want to profit is the government because they already have it in taxes. That's why this all keeps coming back to government. No matter which way I do this, no matter which rabbit hole I go down, it always comes back to government. This is why I find this so fascinating. Well, if you call somebody in your power station grid, I would take uh-huh. them, detain them, find out who they are, then go about the process of filing civil suits for them, uh, putting liens on their house, their pickup truck, and they scold tobacco. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the profit for? It ain't none. Exactly. It's just a fool. That's my point. That's my point. Then he says, in my research, I found a statistical correlation between separatist groups Separatist groups, this is what you were talking about earlier, right? Black separatist groups and white separatist groups. So why would a, uh, it says, and a preference for energy infrastructure attacks. So how would, let's, let's explore, if you're a separatist group, you know, how would attacking power plants advance the goals of a separatist group? Blacks ain't going to do it because it interrupt them looking at NFL football on Monday night. Exactly. White folks won't do it because they'll stop bowling night. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> there's, there's nobody is going to do this. A separatist group, there's no profit in a separatist group from shooting up a power station. Again, the only group that doesn't require profit or doesn't want a profit or doesn't want a financial reward is government because they have all the financial reward they want because they can borrow and print money. 
So then it says, so, so the separatist groups, let's, let's toss that out. That doesn't make any sense, although that's his attack. Uh, the preference for energy infrastructure attacks. Well, if they have a preference for energy infrastructure attacks, they must have a non-preference for other things to not be attacked. He doesn't say that either, right? Then it says, many of today's domestic right-wing and neo-Nazi domestic extremist groups. So now he's confused. He says right-wing and neo-Nazi. So in other words, he's got the right-wing, he's got the left-wing. He says the right-wing directly, and he mentions the left-wing with the neo-Nazi domestic extremist groups, have similar grievances against the government and large institutions. But wait a minute. So if the, right, the, the extreme right-wing is anarchy, which is no government, and the extreme left-wing is totalitarianism, which is total government, how can they have the same grievances? Well, yes, and what would an extreme left-wing group, Nazis, what do they stand to gain? Nowadays, everybody armed, if not not to the extent today, but in another year or so, they will be. So you go mess with people, they're going to shoot back at you. Mm-hmm. So what you going to gain? Exactly. This is why I don't think it's a separatist group. It doesn't, the separatist group has nothing to gain from shooting up a power station. Separatist groups want to be separate. Now, if they wanted their own town, I would understand that. You know, if the town of Neo-Naziville, you know, California, sprang up, you know, Outside San Francisco. Yes, we're the, we're the now the well, county you can of go New York. these other countries, these yeah. these small Pinochet countries, and, and probably be able to uh, get some influence with the military. But then again, I doubt too. I don't know about them. But it's not yeah. going to go any place in the United States. What are you going to do? Take out a municipal police department? <laughs> that ain't going to go. That's not going to go no place. No, they all got guns. You know, in fact, the, the the safest place to carry a gun is in a police station. Everybody else has one. So, so it says domestic right-wing and neo-Nazi domestic extremist groups. Well, those are two totally different things. And then he says they embrace, in other words, the right and the left, embrace ideologies that he's trying to, he's trying to make neo-Nazis right-wing. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to perpetuate that lie, which we see all the time. So he knows the difference. He, he, and in fact, I know he knows the difference because he puts these groups together. This guy's smart enough to know that neo-Nazis and right-wing are total opposites. But he wants to confuse people by saying what he says. Then he says they embrace ideologies that seek the fall of government. Remember when uh, Clinton, you're anti-government, you're an anti-government extremist. Well, so were the founding fathers. That's why they wrote the Constitution. <laughs> they were anti-government extremists too. They wanted government to do only what it was absolutely necessary and no more. So in that respect, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a constitutionalist. Anyway, he says they embrace ideologies that seek the fall of government or current systems, a reset. Wait a minute. Reset is italicized, R-E-S-E-T, reset. Who wants a reset? The right wing or the left wing? The conservatives or the Marxists? The, the globalists? The socialists want to reset because things yeah. that wasn't common practice, they want to become common practice. Uh-huh. So the communist, Marxist, fascist, Nazis that want to take over all your property and say you'll be happy without it. That's like on the gates of Dachau, the concentration camp that I visited in Germany. Uh, on the gates, it says, work makes you free. Well, I'm sorry, but if you go to a concentration camp, nothing makes you free until the Allies, you know, open the place up. So that, that's so saying that and Nazis, uh, Nazis hate communists and they hate Marxists. Yeah, isn't that funny? So this left on left violence. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about left on left violence. It makes you you that, yeah, the biggest battles of World War Two were between leftists, Nazis and communists. Yeah. Who's more leftist? They were saying, who's the most leftist? That's what the battle was over. World War II was over. Who was the most leftist? That's never talked about. Well, it, it not only happened there, it happened in your civil rights groups, too. Uh-huh. You had the NAACP, Urban League, 
and a whole host of other groups that were fighting each other. Yeah. We should talk about that sometime because I'm not as familiar with that history, but I'd be very curious how, how the civil rights movement, you know, went from the, 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 the content of your character to affirmative action and how long that process took. It's the same reason why come you got the, the groups that you're talking about now, the Weatherby, the Nazis, the Marxists, the Communist right. Party, the American Communist Party. It's the same reason. It's yeah. people that have different they have these ideas, and they try to coalesce others to join in with them, all yeah. up and down the line. There's 270 black separatist groups in the United States, last count. Nobody knows anything about them. Well, can you report on some of them? I mean, I'd love you to look into well, some of these things and tell us. They might want to throw eggs at me. <laughs> throw eggs at Throw a lot more than that. You know, I think you're being, you're being charitable and kind. Let me go back to this article. It says they embrace ideology. Going back to uh, Marcus Garvey. Uh, before him, Collie House in the late 1800s. So uh, Martin Delaney. Yeah, I'm not familiar with these names. Black have nationalism. To fill me in. Black nationalism. Okay. Black... Well, uh, put together a report for me. I'd love to hear this. This would be great knowledge for everybody. You know, we've got a lot of listeners now. Yeah. Our listenership in, in England, Canada, and Australia is growing very quickly. So especially I'll uh, tell you another one was uh, Pan Africanism, which never went no place. Yeah, there's yeah. always okay. some kind of slogan, some sort of idea that wants to that people have, and they need to get people to follow them under yeah. many yeah. different banners. Misery loves company. Trying to do it. Yeah. Well, I want to hear about these things. I just want to, but I want to make sure I get this covered because we got Dan coming at the top of the hour. We're going to talk about the election, uh, the the and the Carrie Lake case and things like that. So let me just sort of flesh this out a little bit more. It says they embrace ideologies that seek the fall of government or current systems. Now, what's interesting is that the neo-Nazis want total government, so they don't want the fall of government at all. They want just the opposite. They want maximum government. That's what Nazis do. That's how they use government to control people and uh, you know enslave entire nations. That's what the Nazis did in Germany, and they wanted to do it to all of Europe. So they don't want the fall of government. They want total government. So that's a lie. And this guy knows it, too. This is the thing. I know he knows he's lying. This is pure propaganda. Uh, then he says, uh, then he says uh, uh, a fall of government or current systems. Well, what's the current system? The current system right now is a Marxist takeover of our government by the Democrat Party allowed by the Republican Party. That's the current system. That is, in fact, a reset. We've reset from a constitutional government to a coup d'etat. That is our current reset. The other reset is the globalists, the, the Klaus Schwabs and the, uh, uh, and the Great Reset. You know, you'll have no property and you'll eat bugs and you'll be happy. I don't think so. Well, I get, I'm not even going to get to my Zelensky stuff today. I've got some stuff on him from Pravda. It's hysterical. So everybody go to our international news uh, group page and get some uh, – well, we'll do, some, we'll do like a Zelensky report maybe tomorrow. Anyway, they, so, so, uh, go ahead. They exploit the behavior and tendencies of conservatives. I mean, yeah. no conservative you, go, you have conservatives um, protesting in front of Judge House like they was doing Thomas and Kavanaugh. Conservatives yeah. ain't going to do that. No, of course not. Uh, the left always, the, you know, look at the riots. You know, conservatives don't riot. You know, conservatives, the conservatives keep saying, well, if we do this to the left, they'd do X. And then the conservatives refuse to do that. Like, like I said, don't complain about ballot harvesting. You'd just be better at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I think I, I think I closed my window on accelerationism. Then you got those it. groups that's out there like uh, that's against uh, female circumcision in other countries. Want to mess yeah, with for, them? That's Isn't it interesting that the, the, the same people? 
Yeah, the same people that are against female circumcision in other countries are for male circumcision here. I just find that yeah. sexist, <laughs> amongst other problems. <laughs> All right, let me get to the let's get to You're the big right. word here. Yeah, it's fascinating. So the hypocrites are everywhere. That was you one know, of my, the big things uh, with HIV. They said men should be circumcised; those is not. Could you imagine going through that horror? Well, listen, you know, but this is why they do it to young boys before they can object. You know, if if if, if young men were circumcised, it would end immediately because the guys would be like, no. <laughs> You know, they, they a lot of choice expletive deleted right after that. No, you're not doing that. You know, that's why they did it to, to how, what do they do the baby boys? What, one or two days old or something like that? Then they inject them with a bunch of vaccine crap, script their lives forever, and they put them on Ritalin. It's tough being a young boy today, a baby boy. You know, from circumcision to Ritalin. You know, you want to know why you have a man problem out there? That's why. Because you're, you're, you're doing unnecessary surgery and, and filling kids, uh, baby boys full of drugs all the way through elementary school. But that's another story. Let me get back to this thing here. It says they embrace, they, in other words, both the right and the left, you know, all the extremist groups or the people that are against, you know, oh, here's, this is interesting too. It says neo-Nazi domestic extremist groups have similar grievances against government and large institutions. So what's a large institution? I don't know, church, corporations, uh, foundations, you know, I mean, what do they mean by large institutions? Government itself? Anyway, uh, then it says the theory is that attacking the power grid is one method to bring about that change. Well, if you attack the power grid, you're not going to bring down government. That's absurd. Any more than walking through uh, the Capitol uh, building will bring down government. The government would exist beyond that. You know, if, if a bomb dropped, if a Chinese launched a missile and destroyed Washington, D.C., that would not destroy the government. They could, they could take out the entire Capitol building, all of Congress, you know, everybody in the White House, everybody in all the executive, uh, the regulatory agencies, they could take out the entire D.C. with a missile, and that still would not stop our government. The government would reform. The government would go on. So the idea that shooting a power station. Yeah, because you got 50 of them. You have 50 governments. Exactly. The states would reform the government. So the idea, and that yeah. would be the ultimate insurrection from, say, if China did it. Okay. In other words, you know, if you, if you don't let us invade Taiwan, we're going to destroy Washington, D.C. We've got the hypersonic missiles to do it, and you can't do anything about it because you fell behind the Space Force <clears throat> when Brandon took over the White House. If that, if that happened, right, they could say that. It's just yeah. like uh, like Carter doing away with the B one back in nineteen seventy. Well, B one had problems. Uh, rock, uh, so bombers, bombers are obsolete. Let's let's be real here. Bombers are obsolete. The only purpose of a bomber is to launch a missile. Well, they are now, but they, they weren't the then. No, that's true. They are now, they're now obsolete. but they weren't then. Yeah, this is when I when you they see the be, Russian. Yeah, like I say, I'm talking about nineteen seventy. It was nineteen seventy six, I believe it was. I'm not sure of the year. When Carter canceled the uh, uh, the programs after it was after even his first trial runs, yeah. how long he comes and well, then they made the B one B, which is subsonic, but it's a very expensive subsonic airplane. That's not as good as a well. If you want subsonic, that's why the B fifty twos are still here. But we digress. Well, what they done? They revamped they revamped okay, the B fifty two, whereas they could deploy cruise missiles all right. and all yeah, those things. Yeah. Let me get back. Let me get back to this. He says, uh, they, now he's talking about, listen, I want to keep the continuity of thought here. So let me go back to a bit. He says, many of today's domestic right-wing and neo-Nazi domestic extremist groups have similar grievances against the government and large institutions. They embrace ideologies that seek the fall of government or current systems. Okay, we've already proved that's a bunch of propaganda. And then he said, a reset. Then he says, the theory is that attacking the power grid is one method to bring about that change. 
Well, that's absurd. You know, and it doesn't say how that happens. Then he says many extremist groups refer to this as accelerationism. This is a word I've never heard before until yesterday when I read this article. Accelerationists seek to hasten the collapse of society by sparking unrest. That's not the definition. <laughs> Accelerationists seek to hasten the collapse of society by accelerating things already in motion. I looked it up yesterday. So it's not by sparking unrest. It's by accelerating things already in motion. So if there's racism out there, bring about more racism. If there's separatism, bring about more separatism. In other words, you accelerate the problems to, ha- to hasten the end. That's what acceleration is, according to the definitions I read. Then he, then he says their ideas about bringing down the power grid are one approach to igniting this instability. Okay, bringing down the power grid is not going to be accomplished by shooting up selective substations unless you do a coordinated attack on, on all nine of them in just the right way at just the right time. And that would require more than a criminal organization or, or a domestic extremist group. That would require a massive, I would say, government-planned operation to take out all the power stations, all the substations, or not all the power stations, but all the critical substations to bring down the power grid. That would take a massive effort because some of them are independent. Texas is independent. I wonder whether there's like nine different regions. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's why they say that. That's, why they, that's interesting. There's about nine different regions and nine different power stations. Let me look up accelerationism again because there was a, a bunch of stuff that came up on it. Pianki, have you ever heard that term before? Nope. I'm not. Okay, look at acceleration. There's no way in the world what they're talking about doing would happen. I mean, they're like everybody would have to stay home from work that day and go. Stand by a power station. It's so many okay. of them. It shoot at. Right. So does it have to happen, or does the government just have to make people believe it can happen? And these are the people who may or they make believe could do it. See, I don't think they're really intending to knock out the power grid. I think they're intending to shoot up a bunch of power substations, blame people they don't like. In other words, Trump and and, and the Patriots. Uh, but, but keep the power going, except to annoy a bunch of people. I don't think they're, they're planning to knock down the power grid. I think they're planning to knock down the Trump supporters. I think this is where, where this is really going. Well, then now you're talking about certain areas. Okay. Because if that's the case, if you want to get rid of Trump supporters, where are they considered to be? Ain't not in your inner cities. Yeah. Let me read you a couple of definitions of accelerationism. First of all, let me check. Let me check the live chat. I haven't checked that for a while. Oh, let's see if anybody's trying to reach me. I got no other phone calls. Anybody live chatting with us? Nope. It's just us. Just us kitties here. Um, so let me get back to my definitions. Accelerationism. Wikipedia says accelerationism is a range of Marxist and reactionary ideas. In other words, leftists, right? In critical and social theory that propose that societal processes such as capitalist growth and technological change should be drastically intensified to destabilize systems to create further radical social change refers to as, as acceleration. So this is a leftist plot. So it makes sense that, the, that a leftist government would start using leftist words because conservatives don't talk about accelerationism. I think most of us never heard of this. You know, it's like every time a term comes out, it's like, where did that come from? It usually comes out of the left. They're the ones that make up words. The term also refers to post-Marxist idea. Uh, okay, then it goes on. I'm just reading the, the, here's another one, new statesman. Accelerationism is the idea that capitalism or various processes attached to it, <laughs> in other words, like making money, should be deepened or accelerated in order to prompt radical change. As Stephen Shaviro sums it up, accelerationism is the idea that the only way to get th- one, get out is through. <laughs> 
That's kind of weird. Then we have the Urban Dictionary, a political philosophy that maintains that a country's current government society is broken beyond repair. And the only way to fix it is to force things to get even worse so as to completely collapse the system under its own weight and remake it. That sounds like Gramercy. That sounds like Saul Alinsky. This sounds like the same old leftist stuff, doesn't it? That's what it looks like to me. Same old leftist stuff. This, can keep, this is something to keep you up at night. It does. Because <laughs> I think I'm onto something here. What this guy's basically doing is he's using all the leftist buzzwords, the leftist propaganda. He gives himself away as a leftist. Or not maybe a leftist, but he's a statist. This is the guy that believes in the state, that believes in the power of the state, that everything he's done has been with government. Even the, the businesses he's been are government businesses like utilities. Police officer, he's been in the military. He knows special teams. He knows hostage negotiation. He knows weapons. He knows all kinds of stuff. And yet he talks like a, like a Marxist. I find that interesting. Because he, you know, he never and demonizes. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. I'm not disagreeing that the idea and the, and the conspiracy and the plot may not be out there. I'm just saying that the logistics of what they're trying to do is damn near leak almost impossible. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean they're going to succeed, but they try to do it anyway. You know, let me just a little bit more here. It says their ideas about bringing down the power grid are just one approach to adding this instability. In other words, accelerationism. There are other groups and individuals who have the desire to target electric infrastructure for a variety of reasons. But the accelerationist groups have emerged as a central threat. So this is, this is they're going to put this on uh, Israeli leftist groups that they're going to say are really conservative and, and patriot and independent groups. This is what they do. So this is, this is uh, what do we call this? Um, what's that word? It starts with a P. Uh, I'll think of it. Projection. This is projection. So this is where leftists, you know, try to make conservatives out to be leftists, you know, uh, whereas the leftists themselves try to, to appear, you know, the good people. So, so accelerationism is something that the left is actually doing while blaming, you know, conservatives, patriots, independents for doing what the left is doing and using that and, and using power stations as a way to give a physical example of what the, they said this ideology is doing, even though they're doing it themselves. Fast. So I would say that the Marxists are accelerationists by accelerating the, the prejudice, the bigotry, the demonization, uh, the victimization, and the, uh, the ostracizing of, the attempted ostracizing of conservatives, patriots, individuals, libertarians, you know, folks, even liberals, from the Marxist society. That's what's being accelerated here. And using power stations as the vehicle for the propaganda. Then it says, we have seen a significant uptick in DVE chatter. I have no idea what that is. Probably up in there somewhere. Surrounding sabotage and physical attacks on distribution and transmission substations. Former DHS Assistant Secretary for Infrastructure Protection, Ryan Harrell, H-A-R-R-E-L-L, told HS Today, this rather interesting website, after more county attacks, the utility industry is aware of these concerns, and over the years, proper investments have been made to mitigate such attacks. Really? They spend money on it. That's good. However, he says, a determined adversary with insider knowledge as to what to shoot and how to cripple key components is difficult to stop. Therefore, the energy sector invests in resilience. Resilience? Let me ask you this. A determined adversary with insider knowledge. How would somebody get insider knowledge of the workings of a power station, power substation? Well, you got the... 
federal regulations that allow you to get in. But you'd have to be an insider, wouldn't you? Nope. A determined adversary with insider in knowledge. Normal, you can go in on a normal check. It's not that it's really it's not that complicated. Any electrical engineer can understand that. Even hobbyists can understand how it works. Okay. I mean, but it's, no, but it's not like been in a. The, the former DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, Assistant Secretary for Infrastructure Protection, this is Homeland Security. This is the Patriot Act. This is the people, these are the people that spy on you. Says a determined adversary with insider knowledge as to what to shoot and how to cripple key components is difficult to stop. Well, how would someone get to be a, a determined adversary of electric power? What, are you kidding? He wouldn't know that, Greg. There's this a lot of faults in what you're reading or whatever's published there because there's no way in the world this guy would know that. There's so much difference between a, a nuclear power station compared to a coal-fired or oil-fired. It's uh-huh. just like driving a 1955 uh, Buick compared to a 2020 uh, Mercedes-Benz. So... Okay, I mean, I might be way all in here. I just, I just find it interesting. This guy's talking about adversaries with insider knowledge know what to shoot to, to cripple key components. The average criminal is not going to know how to do that. The average, you know, extremist on whatever end of the spectrum they're on, you know, unless they're very technical, unless they've got specific knowledge of, of uh, you know, power substations or they, they enlist. I mean, how many electrical engineers are going to want to do this? I don't think. Anyway, let me get to the new part of the article I didn't get to yesterday. We've got about 25 minutes before Dan gets here. It says electric infrastructure protection is challenging. So here's, what, here's their solution. Electric utilities are faced with a complex challenge to protect a system that is immense and spread out over the entire country, including many remote areas. The system has over 55,000 substations, 600,000 miles of high-voltage transmission lines, and 5.5 million miles of local distribution lines. That's a lot of cable. Much of the system was built decades ago without security measures factored into the original design. That's interesting too. So if there was matter of fact, go ahead. Matter of fact, the ones that was built decades ago was probably analog rather than digital. They're probably they are safer than the digital, and that that connects to the internet. So it's interesting. So the analog analog ones are left to be hacked, but these things aren't being hacked. That's an excellent point. Well, there was one that was hacked. That pipeline, the pipeline from Texas to New Jersey, the oil pipeline, that was hacked allegedly. Um. But if you, but a power system, you know, if they're digital and computerized, why wouldn't you just hack it and turn it off that way? Why would you go to the trouble of exposing yourself to potentially being caught by shooting it up? I'll tell you why. Because shooting it up makes a bigger public relations effect. It looks more dangerous. It looks more immediate. If someone's arrested for hacking into an electric substation and turning off the power, you know, you're, you're imagining some nerdy little guy, looks like me, you know, some nerdy little guy, Big glasses, you know, um, you know, sitting there at a computer turning off the power. That's not as threatening to people as the evil AK-47, you know, Bubba and the boys. You know, all look like Duck Dynasty out there, right, in their camo gear, shooting up a power station. That's a much more mm-hmm. dramatic image, right? So if you're going for propaganda, if you're going for effect, in fact, this is, this is brilliant, Pianchi. Um, I, I think you're right onto something here. Because if you really were a separatist group, if you really were going to bring down the system, why wouldn't you just hack into it and do it that way? Doesn't that make more sense? Well, yeah, if, if that's what you're going to try to do, but, but after you do that, now what? 
Exactly. You turn off the electricity. How you gonna be to con- how you gonna be to communicate with people and they electricity off their phones don't work. Now what? <laughs> yeah. You know, all your drug deals and all your stuff in your meetings, you know, your, your Zoom reports and all your secret clandestine stuff can't go on because there's no power. There's no profit. There's no benefit to shooting a power station. I don't care what the group is unless they're just into anarchy. And that would be the extreme right. You know, the anarchy and not the constitution. Is a bunch of, well, I just, a bunch of but, fools. But again, this is what – now, remember, this is not about actually destroying the, the, the electric power grid. This is about convincing the American public that certain people want to destroy the American power grid. This is about demonizing um, you know, January 6th people, Trump supporters, independents, conservatives, patriots, libertarians. Now, I can this agree about, with you on that, yes. Yeah, that's what this is about. Blame. You yeah. have a target group that you want to blame and further demonize. Yeah. See, that's yeah, the whole point of my, of my argument. I'm, I'm not arguing mm-hmm. that the power grid can be brought down. I'm arguing that the government, by shooting up power stations and using that, it's the black churches all over again. You know, it's 9-11 all over again. This I, is just the next demonization um, to make uh, people that the government doesn't like look bad and turn people against them. Right. That's so all, this is, that's all I'm saying. Elimination, right. You go through a process of elimination and what you have left. That's it. You're trying to cast blame and trying to cast a bad eye on yet another Donald Trump or exactly. former Donald Trump. Yep. So this is going to happen next year. So sometime in 2023, here's my prediction. That sometime in 2023, you'll hear the term accelerationism. You'll hear, the, you'll hear that uh, Trump supporters believe in that. You'll hear that Trump supporters want to bring down the system because they didn't get their way with the failed election. They're going to say that we have to start arresting and prosecuting these people. It's probably me, you know, the, the, and, and what I'm trying to do is to head that off. I'm trying to say that we already know this is what you're going to do. So my plan is that people will share the show and get it out there. And I'm going to get this to all the reporters I can. I want you to, I'm hoping that they'll report that here's a potential, you know, it's hard for people to report things that haven't happened. It's the right there red flag again. Yep. Yeah, this is, this is a red flag oper- or whatever it's called, red flag, a uh, false flag operation. So let's get the people that reported like that. Like the USS uh, Liberty, like the Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah. USS well, we talked about Liberty. That. Yep. All the Greer. All Greer was Gulf of Tonkin. Uh, the Pueblo, the Liberty, there are other ships that were, you know, the Liberty was the one that Israel attacked. Yeah. And the reason yeah. why is because it worked at one time. It, it's just like a football team. A football team got a play that works over and over and over again against the defense. Why not continue to use it? You're scoring. Yeah. Let me finish this article. I want to, no, you're right. I just want to make sure I get through this here. This is aside from the size and complexity of the power grid. That's your point. There is the expense of building and maintaining robust security countermeasures in every facility, installing high walls, surveillance cameras, high technology sensors, and deploying armed security guards at every facility comes at a significant cost. Ultimately, this cost will be paid by the consumer. So utility companies walk a delicate line between security investments and maintaining reasonable rates for their customers. So it's a business decision. Isn't that interesting? But that's exactly your point. And, and uh, like I say, considering that criminals have no benefit in this, that we've shown that, that a group, you know, all they're going to do is piss off a lot of people, but they're not going to really do anything for their cause. So the, the groups of the cause aren't going to do this or shouldn't, unless they're just plain stupid, which does happen. Uh, the criminals aren't going to do this. So they would have started doing it uh, back when power started, 1920s. So this is not, I still Now, this is where to, it could really get dangerous is when they start, Targeting nuclear 
power stations. Yeah, I don't think they're that stupid. Let's hope not. Well, because see, power stations are a safe you target. got the danger Go of the exposure of radiation. Yeah. Well, and in the same way that natural gas will, will contribute to global warming, you know, if you start shooting up nuclear plants, but nuclear plants have much more security. You know, that's Department of Energy. You can't get near a nuclear plant as far as I know. Because I remember at Seabrook, New Hampshire, when I lived in New England, there were protests there all the time, but they didn't get in the facility. <laughs> they didn't get anywhere near it. You know, but they certainly protested it um, a lot. I think Seabrook had some little accident, or maybe it was just the fact that it was being built. I'm not sure. But that was, that was New Hampshire's nuclear plant. Then you got yeah. trains that uh, carry LPG uh, through communities across the world. Oh, LNG? Liquefied natural gas? Yeah, liquefied, liquefied propane natural gas. LPG. Yeah, yeah that's right. very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Well, that's why pipelines are safer than, um, than trains when it comes to – this is why the pipeline, knocking out the Keystone Pipeline was stupid and dangerous. But anyway, getting back to the, the, the cost here, like you say, but you don't have to do that. Because, like I say, for criminals, there's no, there's no point in doing it. Criminals have no history that I know of shooting up power plants, or, or they would have been doing it since the 20s. You know, anyway, this is security investments, back to the article, are based on the crit- critically criticality well, this is another word, of the facility or asset. In plain terms, disruptions to larger substations with a potential systemic impact to the grid are the biggest concern. These vulnerabilities are where much of the security technology and personnel are focused. So they're already looking at this even relatively simple security issues come at a cost, which is then multiplied by hundreds of, of substations for most large utility companies. Well, here's the thing, though. I wonder how many of these incidents have been prevented. We don't know. They, they don't talk about the, the, the attacks that didn't take place. This is the North Carolina attacks will certainly stimulate new conversations in the industry regarding risk, cost, and appropriate security measures. Risk ranking methodologies for individual facilities will be reexamined and new creative approaches will be explored. Oh, really? I suspect that there may even be, oh, here we go. I suspect there may even be new government regulations to address the risk. Well, there you go. And there's the money. <laughs> the money comes in. Then it says, reducing the risk of, uh, and protection of the grid. There are some security countermeasures that can be installed immediately if the cost of security guards is prohibitive. You know? well, maybe it's, no, I think we've covered the main stuff. Oh, here we go. It says, even the design well, of the facility like can I be, say, go ahead. Many of those places are privately owned. So yeah. that's more or less up to the private entity to provide those protections. Like I said, in Missouri, uh, uh-huh. southern, southern Illinois, uh, Missouri area is about five different companies. But it's always good to denuder, or should I say neuter, the uh, those type of ideologies, those devious leftist thoughts. And you also have them on the right. It's good to denuder, uh, expose them before they can get going. Well, I still have some way for, for a right-wing group that would attack a power grid and i can't think of any i can't even think of a left-wing group that would do it either as i say we need to start identifying then he said this is interesting he says even the design of the facility can be altered to conceal components thereby making it difficult to shoot at them from perimeter fencing okay this i find interesting uh he says uh uh critical components in the facility can be concealed you know hardened bears uh, oh, yeah, here we go. This is uh, hardened barriers to minimize from gunfire. This is something else I read earlier about uh, extending the fences out. Uh, where does he say? Uh, oh, he says, oh, here, he says, even the design of the facility can be altered to conceal components, thereby making it difficult to shoot at them from perimeter fencing. Well, you can also move back the fencing. So they're only protecting against, against well, gunfire. Then it wouldn't be able to get no air. Say that again? 
if you concealed it, then it wouldn't be able to get air to cool. Are you talking about the nuclear plants? No, the uh, substation. The substation is nothing more than a than a step down transfer former that takes the high tension voltage, which is can be as upwards of over a hundred thousand volts. <clears throat> they take that and they step it down where it can pass safely through neighborhoods. Yeah. Interesting. Got a little bit more here. Uh, we're almost done. It says use of intelligence. He says, utilities can develop in-house intelligence analysis capabilities to evaluate emerging threats uh, well ahead of attacks. Oh, really? <laughs> like how? <laughs> are they going to be spying on people now? So you're going to be spied on by your utility? Are they going to check your electric bill, see if you're a terrorist? He says, electric infrastructure security teams can leverage information sharing and analysis centers provided by industry. Resources from the Departments of Energy and Homeland Security or even local fusion centers managed by state and local law enforcement agencies. Well, wait a minute. What does it mean security teams can leverage information? This sounds like uh, the FBI and Twitter. <laughs> wait, wait, what's going on? So are, is this another corporate uh, government fascist merging here? What is going under the guise of security? Well, we've got to protect them. It's like the Patriot Act. We have to spy on you and take away all your rights to protect the nation. Really? <laughs> no, you're doing it to protect your secret operations, government. Yeah, there's a lot of communication going on here. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh-huh. This is not every attack can be prevented. Utility companies can be resilient to attacks by maintaining a state of readiness, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Conclusion. Let me get this one here. As the investigation continues in North Carolina, we will learn more. Hopefully, the perpetrators of the attacks will be brought to justice. Nah, they never will. Because, like I say, it, uh, if they don't, if they're not brought to justice, it will confirm to me that this is a government operation. All right. Anyway, he says inevitably there will be many discussions between government and industry leadership about improvements to security response and resilience. That's a new word. Industry professionals do not have to wait for those discussions to act. We can work on solutions at the local level with resources we already have at our disposal. In other words, local police. Unfortunately, in today's environment, oh here we go. It is likely that future attacks will occur. The indicator suggests that more counties will not be the last attack. Uh-oh. Ominous. Warning, warning, warning. Remember the robot in Lost in Space? Warning, warning, warning. We're doomed. Doomed. As Mr. Smith would say, we're doomed. Anyway. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tired of that, that article, that whole topic. I've covered it. I'm done with it. Now we're going to wait and see what happens. But um, that's my basic theory. That is my theory. You know, I think that, uh, <clears throat> I think that things that you have but came across as more compact, you should post it online and people will read it. Well, I repost the article last night on, on Facebook on my page. I've mentioned it enough times on this podcast, people can find it. Uh, it's in a couple of places, in our special investigations page. Uh, it might be in the economics page. Uh, it could be a bunch of different places, but I've already posted it. And so it's there. Let me do it one more time so everybody knows where to find this article and you can judge for yourself. H-S today, that's H-S-T-O-D-A-Y dot U-S slash featured slash our electric substation attacks, the new normal, keys to better infrastructure protection. Whenever I hit the new normal, now that goes right back to government. Anyway, I've had enough of it. <laughs> I don't want to look at it again. In fact, I'm going to cancel this one. I'm going to keep my one on accelerationism. We're going to talk about that. Uh, as the left's new word, new demonization word. That I'm going to look at tomorrow. So let me take a break. Uh, It's 8.47 now. So I'm I'm marking my breaks now so it makes it easier to do my show notes. Uh, 
before you say uh, play a couple more things for y'all. Uh, Diane's coming in at uh, 9 o'clock. We're going to talk elections, uh, Carrie Lake, and uh, i got some other stuff, which I'll, I'll get to tomorrow. I never get to everything that I'm going for, but that's, that's kind of what makes it fun around here. So we need sponsors. And so I'm definitely looking to get some sponsors for the show. If you want to do that, contact me, Greg, at writeyourlives.com. Uh, and then let's, uh, let's see what you got. I'll make a commercial for you, like the ones I'm about to play uh, in the next little bit right here. So I'll be back. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener. And help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio Live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Action Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. Okay, we're back. I've got Pianchi and me and uh, Diane Warner is going to join us in a little bit. And we'll talk elections. But uh, I found some fun stuff on Zelensky. Okay, uh, he's like to me, he's like number one world criminal, you know, lobbyist, uh, fundraiser, you know, uh, money launderer. I mean, who knows what this guy does? But uh, he should not be uh, uh, supported. And I firmly believe that uh, had we had Trump in office uh, and not funded this ridiculous war, and NATO had been restricted from trying to, uh, you know, get the entire Warsaw Pact uh, into NATO, there never would have been 
uh, any kind of war. What ha- Russia and Ukraine would have negotiated for those territories, Crimea, Crimea, Donbass, and would have been handled with Eastern Europe and Russia, and they would have, it would have been contained, and you know we wouldn't even know about it. They would just they would just yeah. Look it at out. the money that's going to uh, NATO uh, allies. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's and the going to so yeah, it's, it's a slush fund. Like Trump said, they need to pay their own share. Why do the United States need to carry the burden of the United Nations? Well, see, that was part of getting Trump out of office. See, see, the, the, the people that want business as usual want the United States. They want to have a money drain on us. They want us paying for Europe. They want us paying for the U.N. You know, all the things that Trump tried to stop. You know, something interesting came out on, on the Kennedy assassination that I hadn't heard before, but something I also want to check into. Uh, Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. Uh, is now blaming the CIA. I was watching this on One American News last night. And when you look at what Kennedy did, he did a lot of the same things that Trump did. You know, he didn't play ball. He didn't uh, declare war on Cuba. He had a blockade with the Cuban Missile Crisis. He did not escalate the war uh, in the Vietnam like Johnson did. And so whether Johnson ordered the CIA, or I'm not sure which, but it's coming out the CIA was, was directly involved in the Kennedy assassination. And I just thank God that the Trump wasn't uh, a victim of that because he was doing the same things Kennedy was doing. They and tried so, to assassinate. Trump has been there's been attempted assassinations on him. Yeah, I don't know any details. Do you have any details on that? It's not that clear, but there has been. I don't think well, that's happened. Josie's Trump was getting into the gravy train. Trump was getting into the gravy train. This bail, this uh, bill that they just passed, this spending bill. Mm-hmm. The logical investigation is to follow the money and see uh, these projects that's coming into these congressional districts and then follow the money from there. Who yeah. gets the contracts? Who do they donate to? Just follow the money from there. Well, that's something I'm going to look into. I want to follow up this more because um, you know I, I know folks that know Robert Francis Kennedy Jr., and I would love to get some inside information uh, from them and from you know, RFK Jr. himself. Maybe he'll even come on the show one day. Who knows? Uh, especially when it comes to our vaccine product liability bill. But here's an article I found. Let's get back How to How did uh, Oswald get into the country? Well, I, I want to, well, I've only got five minutes. So I, want to, I don't want to go the whole thing on this. But I, I do want to spend time. <laughs> we'll probably do a show on it next week. You know, the latest on the Kennedy yeah, assassination. The only person who brought him into the country is the CIA, there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, don't even get started into it. Don't even, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I even mentioned it. Yeah, okay, let's that leave that alone because it's been we, talked we, about for yeah. decades. I know. That's so, why I don't want to, I get five minutes. <laughs> anyway, here's something I found in USSA News. That's USSA News. Veritas Libertati Scutum. I'm not sure what that means. It's solely our freedoms are being chipped away uh, with we know better. I guess that's what this means. Veritas Libertati Scutum, I guess, is Latin for we know better. <laughs> anyway. So Zelensky is on, on here, and the article was written on December 28th um, by an anonymous person, Constitutional Nobody. And apparently Constitutional Nobody writes for USSA because I also saw him on several other articles. Uh, the same article reprinted several places. Vodormir Zelensky announces Ukraine will participate in World Economic Forum's Davos meeting next month. Well, wait a minute. So what is Zelensky, the, the president of Ukraine, doing with the World Economic Forum while his country's at war. I find that fascinating. 
It says the following article, Vladimir Zelensky announces Ukraine will participate in the World Economic Forum's Davos meeting, and that was first published on another website, Big League Politics. So we're gonna, I'm going to find that one out too, track that one down. Ukrainian President Zelensky has announced that his country will participate next month as he does his part to bring about the Great Reset through his psychotic, cocaine-fueled, warmongering efforts. That is such a great line, I have to read the whole thing again. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has announced that his country will participate in the World Economic Forum's Davos Conflab next month as he does his part to bring about the Great Reset, so he's deeply involved, right, through his psychotic, cocaine-fueled, warmongering efforts. Now, is that a great description or what? I mean, <laughs> that's the best one I've heard yet. Well, there's a lot to gain if Russia was out of the way. For who? Well, it wouldn't be a threat then it wouldn't be any development of these new fighter jets or bombers and, you know, so on and so on and so on. Defense budget could probably be cut in half. I mean, it's a lot no, of things to gain. But the defense also budget has could be cut in half anyway. Defense budgets could be cut in half anyway. Just close all the foreign bases and stop donating to NATO. <laughs> and then you, the then, but, but see, here's the other thing, too. Those people that you're going to be putting out on the streets, where are they going to go? Oh, I don't know, private companies. Yeah. I mean, what happens when See, you put coal miners out on the street? What you See, should do, they should, they should be trained, and they need to get rid of these uh, immigrants that's in here that's manning those jobs because you can't find qualified Americans. Yeah, but you're missing the point. Let's get back to Zelensky. Um, that what is the Ukraine doing at war with Russia going to the World Economic Forum? That's the question I want to look at right now. So then it says, Zelensky recently met with BlackRock CEO Larry Fink. That's curious, too. Fink, a globalist financier with a stranglehold on the financial industry, has said that the mega corporations under his control <clears throat> excuse me, will happily accept government dollars to rebuild Ukraine after the nation is destroyed in the ongoing unnecessary war caused by NATO expansion. What do you think of that? Don't get sidetracked. Everybody looks to, to the United States as a cash cow. They all do. Everybody exactly. looks to the U.S. Okay. So the Ukraine the war. Americans have worked very – Americans work – well, go ahead. You only get a few minutes. That's okay. Dan's already here. I'm going to bring her on just a second. But the thing is that the Ukraine war is about what it's always about, money. This is a war purely based on money taking it from taxpayers, giving it to, to the globalists, and giving money and control to the globalists. That's what it's all about. Let me get Diane. I'll bring her in on this. And, we'll do, uh, and the globalists are giving it back to your politicians. Exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the world money laundering. You know, Ukraine's just a stop on, on the world money laundering circuit. Diane, did you hear that, uh, that quote of, uh, of um, Zelensky being a, uh, uh, bringing about the Great Reset through his psychotic cocaine-fueled warmongering efforts? Good morning, Diane. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't hear that. See but what you walked in on? Yeah. See what? I said, see what you walked in on? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll ask you about I'll, I'll get your Christmas vacation in he, just a minute here, Bo. Go ahead. Well, he sounds like he, he's trying to become an American now. Well, that's, so, that's the other article I have that I'm not going to get to right away, but we can if you want. But, yeah, he wants to become an American. He wants to buy property in Florida. Um, basically, this guy is a criminal, and he's very good at it. So here's another quote. It says, Vladimir Zelensky and Larry Fink agreed to focus in the near term on coordinating the efforts of all potential investors and participants in the reconstruction of our country, channeling investment into the most relevant and impactful sectors of the Ukrainian economy. And that quote is by the Ukrainian government set on its website. So the whole purpose of this war is to destroy the country so they can spend billions of dollars rebuilding it. 
That's what it looks like. And the fact that 100,000 people, 200,000 people are killed, oh, that's less than the vaccine. So why not, right? <laughs> Panel? And how much went into his pocket? Well, tons. This guy's going to be wealthy. He's not going to be around for the rebuilding. He's going to be on the Riviera. He'll be in Monaco <laughs> on his yacht. Or, no, people are killing him. The people, the Ukrainians would kill him. That's true. Yeah, he can't stay. Yeah. He's going to have to go. Well, well, he'll just see him on there. He'll be on the next episode of Miami Vice when they bring the show back. He'll be like the latest drug dealer. Let me continue on here. This is kind of fun. Okay. It says, during the conversation, it was emphasized that certain BlackRock leaders plan to visit Ukraine in the New Year. New Year. Isn't this convenient? While speaking with Fink, Zelensky confirmed that Ukraine would be participating in the next World Economic Forum Davos event. Oh, we'll be covering that too, folks. Of course. Which is scheduled to take place from January 16th master. to 20th. Diane, go ahead. Well, that's his puppet master, so, yeah, he's got to be there. Yeah. Well, he's got to get instructions, as does Brandon. Brandon needs to go get instructions. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We it's know that. Puppet. You know who else will be there? Trudeau will be there. They make them look good. This yeah, guy's Castro's master. kid. He's yeah, Castro's kid will be there getting his instructions. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. He's just, he's playing a part. He's a good actor. I would mean, say good. He's an actor. <laughs> well, he was, he was a stand-up comedian. Yeah. You know, but sometimes actors work out. Ronald Reagan worked out. Uh, George Murphy didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Who else tried to get into politics? It was an actor and failed. Arnold Schwarzenegger sucked. He's a great actor, but he sucked as a governor. It doesn't always work. The skills are not necessarily transferable unless you, uh, you know what you're doing. Let me just finish this article. It's pretty short. Zelensky has become the banner leader for the globalists, in particular defense contractors who are once again maximizing profits at the cost of human life. As Big League Politics has reported, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is going to headline the annual Future Force Capabilities Conference and Exhibition, something he knows as much about as Hunter Biden, which is hosted by the National Defense Industrial Association, the NDIA, another group I've never heard of, called a trade group of defense contractors who are cashing out over the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So what's Russia's angle on this? I'm just curious to see you know, which Russian oligarchs are, are making money on this, too. And then he says Zelensky will headline the event on September 21. Can't wait for that. Uh, along with the Ukrainian defense minister, uh, September 21. Is that later this year or has that already happened? I don't think. I think the article is written in December. Anyway, it says September 21. That might be a misprint. Along with Ukrainian defense minister Oleski Rezinkov. Don't know him either. They will be appearing remotely through a video link. Yeah, of course, because if they appeared in person, they'd be. Well, anyway, members of the NDIA include Raytheon. Uh, isn't that where our defense secretary comes from? Raytheon? What's his name? Who's the big black guy who's the defense secretary? Austin. Austin? Yeah, he's from Raytheon. Lockheed yeah, Martin. Austin used to work for Raytheon. Yeah, isn't that convenient? Coincidence there? Yes, it is. That's right. the way it Lockheed goes. Uh, generals, uh-huh. generals retire, they go to work for defense contractors, then they go to work for the Pentagon, and thus mm-hmm. you see the gravy train. Then they become lobbyists, and then they go to Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> then they go visit it's the same Island, way so with the anymore. development of aircraft. One year, Northwood Grumman, Lockheed Martin, uh-huh. Rock, Rockwell. It just it just goes one to one to one to one. It's the club. And the then elite. the donations come. Yeah. Well, I said as soon as Afghanistan was surrendered that they were going to have to find a new war somewhere. And within like a month or so, they were already in Ukraine. See, the permanent war class has to have a war. The business of the industrial, military, industrial, banking, government, fascist complex is war. That's what they do. John Bolton, the, the prime yeah. example, he always wants to be at war somewhere. 
He would have had a war in Venezuela and Syria and a bunch of other places. But the government, the Marxist government, always has to be at war somewhere. That's right out of 1984. And why you have your have an ability enemy. to uh, stop the borrowing of money and to restrain uh, <clears throat> the federal government is very, very important. That there well, in itself would be a, a battle. Listen, I'm trying to get that bill before some major people. So, Dan, I don't know how familiar you are with this one, but I wrote a, uh, a very short but very powerful bill that is a constitutional amendment to remove the power of Congress to borrow money. Yeah. That would solve all these war problems. It would eliminate inflation. It would, it would transfer money back to people. Yeah, it would solve a lot of problems. Almost, you know, most because of the right now, the Ukrainian, this Ukrainian ordeal is going to be financed on the back of your children and their grandchildren and your great grandchildren. Yeah. I mean, this well, that's look thing at about the it, that actually is it. Go ahead, go ahead. They're Dan. borrowing money from they're borrowing money from China to give to Ukraine. I mean, that's <laughs> what we're doing. That's, that's what Rand Paul said. Yeah, that's irrational. I'm going to call his office. I've been meaning to call his office for a while. I'm going to try and call his office and see if I can get someone interested uh, in our constitutional amendment. So, anybody has contacts with Rand Paul, call call him too. Get our bill. Very simple. Right there, writeyourlaws.com. Click on legislation, click on all proposed laws, and I think it's right up there, top left. All right. Let me finish this here. We're almost done. It says, the U.S. has given Ukraine $14.5 billion since their conflict with Russia began in February. I think it's more like $114 billion, but that's, uh, they're a little off on the, num- on the money here. Much of this money has been funneled into NDIA's membership, bolstering their profit margins, of course. Zelensky's constant agitating and propaganda, likely given while standing in front of the green screen, <laughs> has helped lubricate the war machine. He will be honored for his service later this month. Oh, yeah, he's going for a party. Zelensky's agitation against peace has been instrumental in helping the World Economic Forum achieve their great reset. No doubt he will be showered with praise in Davos like Zelensky was when he came to Congress. And the satanic predators in Washington, D.C. worshipped him like a golden calf. There's a great metaphor. For continued reading, Vladimir Zelensky announces Ukraine will participate. They got, they got a link here, uh, and they got uh, Shane Trejo uh, as the, the author of this article. So I'll, I'll save the one from Pravda. Uh, and, uh, you know, if we get bored with Diane's report, maybe I'll bring it up. But otherwise, Diane, welcome back from the frozen white uh, north. Hey, now. Yeah. <laughs> so of all the states to pick, of all the states, this is the election integrity report sort of slid into. So of all the states to pick to go visit at Christmas, which one did you pick? Ohio. Pretty stupid, mm-hmm. huh? No, yeah. I mean you didn't know it was gonna no. be. Well, you you knew it was gonna be winter. You knew yeah, it was gonna be cold up there. Yeah. You know. So what, what's we my suggestion early. for next we, year? Uh, and we're still gonna go to Ohio, probably. Oh gee. Do you know where I said? Yeah. I, well, the mother. Do you remember where I said? Where I, there. Oh, okay. Do you remember where I said you should go? So, no. No. You don't remember? Please. No. I got a friend there. We got Alan Dawson. You know, ask Bianchi. He's always asking about the food. <laughs> we had Alan on for a while uh, when his tour business was, uh, was a little slower. But, uh, yeah, I think you should just pack up the Ohio folks. Go down to Belize. Christmas oh, on the beach. Okay. Yeah. Well, then oh, my, okay, my she says. I won't travel anymore. She won't. She travel. won't. She's Send her pictures. Give her a yeah, phone call. Do a Zoom. Do a Zoom. I promise you. you. Sing Christmas carols well, from the beach in Belize. Yes. Oh. We have a lot okay. of traditions in. It was minus 35 when we were there, and we had no power for an entire day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. So we got the power back before the night, but so it was cold. But we stayed in five. We were fine. We had really good time. Yeah, imagine what the heating bill was going to be. Cold. 
Yeah, he came down with a cold. So uh, if I, I'll, be, I'll be popping off the cough. I'm coughing y'all's ear. Okay. Well, I, I need you a little, little bit louder, Fianna. And I'd like to get you, a, if you can get a microphone, you know, a Yeti blue microphone, yeah. or, or get a little uh, stronger on your phone, either a little closer. And I don't want phones up to anybody's ear because they're full of radiation. Um, but if you can just be a little strong, I'm trying to balance the voices out. I could probably be a little quieter, but uh, it's easier for folks to listen if we're <laughs> consistent. So anyway, um, I, I turn it over to you. Uh, I know you've been on, on, on holiday, so you may or may not have anything prepared. If not, we'll just wing it. But if you got something, let's let's go with that and tell me uh, of, of great election integrity mysteries that you've uh, come across. Well, I'm frustrated with the Carrie Lake situation where they've Better Ridiculous. So, why? Let's ask the big question. Why was it so important to shut down Carrie Lake? Because she's such a strong voice and she's believable and they want her shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what was she advocating? She's got a lot of, she has a lot of proof. Mm-hmm. She's advocating that they cheated the whole way through. It's a, even even if they weren't cheating, they ran the worst election ever. They had people standing in line for hours and didn't mm-hmm. even get to vote. So, and the, they're now admitting that uh, the way that the down an inch, the print for the mm-hmm. in in person election, so that people or that they wouldn't go through the through the Dominion machine. So, so we know that, that uh, they, they took advantage. Yeah. Well, that's in Maricopa County is, is, uh, has a Republican Board of Supervisors. So why are the Republicans – let's ask the bigger question here. And, again, if I could just get you a little bit louder or closer to the phone, why would the Republicans be against Carrie Lake? I would say they are rhinos. That's what I'd say. Okay, or as we call them, transgender Democrats. Feel free to use that term. <laughs> I'm serious. I got as loud fun. as I can go. Oh, that's no, good now. You're fine now. Anymore. And now you're fine. Okay. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, if I start talking any louder, I'm going to start coughing. So oh, you know. no. oh, that's true. Yeah, we got that as well. Yeah, we got to get you some chicken soup. We got to get you uh, I did. the, the, the I had old chicken time. soup. <laughs> oh, good. I had actually, chicken that was, soup last night. You know that Judy Mikevitz actually confirmed that chicken soup, because you get the, the, the bone marrow of the chicken in the broth, it actually has medicinal qualities. So there is, it really is true. That chicken soup is medicine. It tastes good. I mean, it's, it's what I want. Well, that's the but other it's part. Great when I'm yeah. sick. So, yeah. Yeah, medicine doesn't have to. But I mean, be bad. I think it's your your body knows you need it, so you crave it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's important. Hey, listen, you can make any 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 medicine taste good. A little high fructose corn syrup, you're all set. Of course, that causes the problems. <laughs> I'm just well, I have hot tea now too. Yeah. Okay. Hot tea works good too. Okay, good. So crank up the heat. Yeah. We've got about 50 minutes left if you can, if you can hang on. If not, then uh, you know, I shall continue going. <laughs> I want your voice back in shape. So rest up for next week. So let's talk about this court case. So the deck was stacked against um, Carrie Lake from the beginning. First of all, the Republicans didn't mm-hmm. want her. Mitch McConnell didn't want her. Who got the money? Well, the, the Republicans that are rhinos don't want her. I think the Republicans that are conservative and and actually constitutionalists do. Okay. So there's, a, there's so we, a whole divide with the Republican Party. So if you had to put a, a proportion on it, 60-40, 70-30, transgender Democrats to patriotic Republicans, where, where, how much of a split would you put, either in Arizona or Washington? How bad is this problem? I, 
well, everybody in Washington's vet except just a handful. They can get rid of okay. all of them. <laughs> okay. So we've got so there's let's that, take a look at this because, because this goes along with uh you know, Kevin McDeepstate, as I call him. So Kevin McDeepstate, who wants to be Speaker of the House, is having problems because he may not have you know, because it's such a slim Republican uh, majority or a gelding majority, he may not have the votes uh, to be speaker, which would be great. My own congressperson here, Matt Gates, is dead set against him. We want Andy Biggs. Um, so that's, but it's very interesting that the, the minority of Republicans can kick up such a fuss because there is such a slim majority. So they really have a lot of power right now. There's about 30 in the House Freedom Caucus, and the, I think the, the margin of victory is, what, five or six? <laughs> it's really small. But the rhinos, the, you know, the transgender yeah. Democrats, don't want. Uh, they don't. They want. They want businesses usual every bit as much as uh, as the the Democrat Marxists. Pianki, go ahead. We got several problems here. One, you got the the election itself. The ballot is is flawed, and then you got the flawedness in your rhinos, like your McConnells and the rest of. Them. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a complete fight all the way around. So do we have three parties in this country? Do we have um, Trump? Yes, we do. Folks? We do. Transgender yes. Democrats well, and Marxists? I would rather just say constitutionalists instead of Trump people. I mean, I, I Okay, just, let's do that. I, I, Constitutionalist I, I would rather just... Yeah. Yeah. Or just, and you then know, we've like the, the American Party. Rhinos. Yeah. You can almost lump the rhinos and the Democrats all into the same group because they're all working for the same. Well, that's what, that's what yeah. I call them, transgender Democrats. They're not quite there yet, but they're working on it. Yeah. They're in transition. <laughs> that's right. That's we, I came up with that. No, well, they're and, there. They're they there, but outwardly, and, they, yeah. they don't look there. Yeah, she's right. Well, our third group is the apathetic group. That's the third group. The people that just don't. Either they're too busy with their lives and too trying too hard to make a living and, you know, just putting food on the table that they, they can't see past that to be able to look into the problems of our country. And I've been there. We all have when we were younger. But I think, no, I think I those are I've, I've, I've always been interested in politics since I was 12 years old when I first came here. You know, when I came to this country, the Watergate hearings were going on. That was my introduction to the United States. Oh, you're, you're impeaching your president. Hmm, interesting country. <laughs> What am I doing I, here? I yeah. I think you're in the minority because I think most people in their 20s, especially in their 30s, there's a very few of them that are very active in politics and very aware. And no, I think there's a lot no, of what happened. The left. The left raises it. You ever heard of Red Diaper Doper Babies? Michael Savage's characterization? I, I'm talking about the apathetic ones and the conservative constitutionalists. They're, oh, okay. Not the Democrats. Yeah, they, they're always very... Uh, it's genetic with them. <laughs> they they yeah. have a Marxist gene. I bet you yeah, can find the Marxist gene. Yeah, but how do they appease them? Which one? The apathetic. Free stuff. Those who are free just, stuff. Those free stuff. Free, free stuff. <laughs> they give them free stuff. That's that's hey, what I here. was going to get at. This yeah. is one of your best guests, uh, Greg. She's right oh, on oh. time. Let me introduce you, Diane Warner, uh, Pianchi. Uh, Diane's our, our new integ- uh, uh, um, election integrity reporter. She's not a guest. She's she's part of the family, and so she'll be. Well, I tell you days. what, she 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 has a better understanding of what the hell's going on than the majority of people. That's why she's oh, our election you. integrity reporter. I mean, there are reasons why people are here. 
you know, I, I pick the good folks. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, no problem. So, uh, so next week I expect big things. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, this is, <laughs> well, if we do, I've go got ahead. something else on the work. I got something oh, else on okay, the work. Good. Well, I can't talk you. about it yet, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm hoping you know, the, something big is panning out right now. Ooh, okay. Well, good. You know, the, the boss is pretty easy going, so he lets me do what I want. So it's okay. So, uh, you know, well, I can I delegate. Wanna, I don't want to announce it yet. Oh, no, don't announce it yet. No, that's fine. Keep it a secret. This is fun. Yeah. Keep it a secret from me. I don't care. I, I love spontaneous no, stuff. People... You... Go ahead. I'll tell you offline, but I won't say, I don't want to announce oh. it yet in case it doesn't pan out, but yeah. Okay. I'm pretty well, I, I, <laughs> listen, I spent the first two hours announcing something that I hope doesn't pan out, but that I think is going to happen anyway. Let me get your opinion on that real quickly. Have you been following the, 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 our, our substation chats the last couple of days on the show? Some pretty detailed and probably I'm trying to. It's point. been so busy. Yeah. Really okay. But I, I've, I've looked, I've glanced at them. I haven't opened anything up to read them in depth. But okay. Well, it's, it's my so contention it? that uh, the government is going to uh, shoot up a few power stations with with special special operatives, special teams, uh, and then blame you know uh, uh, you know all of us uh, patriots and conservatives and constitutionalists, uh, and use that as a way to demonize you know Trump supporters for the next election. That's what I think is going to happen this year. Well, twenty twenty three. I, I all I can. Say to that is I'm glad I'm back in Florida <laughs> before it happens. Oh, yeah. No, the, 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 no yeah. It, there's not going to be that much damage done. In fact, that's why they pick electric power stations, substations. You know, they just it's, it's going to be a great inconvenience. You know, because they're not trying. If yeah. they want to kill people, they do another 9/11 and then have you know massive buildings collapse. You know, but they, they yeah. don't want they don't want to do that. Uh, they want they're, they're they're getting much more politically savvy and they find that they can destroy property, make people really angry. And just knock the power out for hundreds of thousands of people simply by shooting up a power station. Whereas we came to the conclusion that the the, the last hour that if the if this was this were really done by uh, extremist groups, they'd be hacking into the power stations and shutting it all down. But they're not doing that, or shutting down huge portions of it. But I mean, shooting up one substation yeah. doesn't do that much, but it scares a lot of people because it's guns and they hate guns, so they figure everybody else is as much of a gun phobe as they are. Anyway, that's what we talked about. Let's talk about. Because I want to, do, I want to explore more of this idea that there, there are, there's a division in this country. It's not Republicans and Democrats. As much as the, the Republicans and the Democrats, the Uniparty, want us to believe that the whole country is basically one or the other, and that the whole range of political thought is between Republicans on the right and Democrats on the left, even though they occupy a very small band of political thought, that there's other, there's a different division. You know, there's the whole. Uh, go ahead. You know what I'm getting at. Tell me. Well, there's a whole there's a group of people that just want us to fight each other, and um, and I mean if you look at and, and you this is a pretty good example. Try to make you think Coke and Pepsi are competitors. They're not. They're owned by the same people. You know, which, which like, company owns them? Trying, uh, who owns oh, which one? They go all the. He goes all the way up to BlackRock and to. Um, I, oh, really? I, I don't remember exactly. Oh, can yeah, you report it, on everything that? Everything's being Oh no. No, I, I would love to have you do that. I mean, it's, it's not exactly election integrity, but it's more like corporate integrity. Let's find out yeah. which, which allegedly competitive companies, because this makes sense. You know, it's like the division, Coke and Pepsi. You know, they generate more interest in both, McDonald's and Burger King. You know, why do you think they locate next to each other? You know, because yeah. it's more business, but they're probably all owned by, you know, uh, Gargantuan Holdings Company Incorporated <laughs> or whatever probably. it is. Yeah. But tra- if you want to Built by the same people. Stuff, Save them some money. Yeah. yeah. There's it's a, like the media. I've, I've had. Go ahead. I've had a ton of had a ton of it that I've learned over the years, but oh. you know, you put it into space. Well, I should say this. Well, I'll say I can say it on here. 
The, um, you, you say anything on Facebook, here. I, if you, yeah. I know. I put <laughs> so much stuff into my Facebook account, and it just disappears. You know, just like, oh, you, you don't get to talk about that here. So um, I have, well, if you just read my whole Facebook profile for the last two years, it, I've okay. been intentionally putting it in there just so I have a timeline of everything. But then they <laughs> deleted a whole bunch of it. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. Now, what they'll do, actually, if you, if you refresh the screen, what I found is that when I go back to my Facebook page, certain articles are missing. And so if you hit refresh, just, just hit, click the link again, they usually come back. That's no, what I do. I mean, they actually, oh, they actually gone? censor them. They took them out, yeah. <laughs> huh. See, I don't so. have that problem. See, they just restrict them under another restriction. You know, they, they said I'm lower in the news feed. Well, I was already lower in the news feed. I don't know how much lower I can get. You know, unless we're, you know, bottom of the ocean, <laughs> whale belly low. That's where I am right now. So yeah, uh, that's why I'm not getting too. much response. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's quite amazing what's going on here. All right, so Carrie Lake is fascinating to me, and I want to get back to her because this is um, what she represents. So she's a journalist, so she knows media propaganda. She's an effective communicator, like Trump, although Trump really screws up her words. She's actually work. a lot better. She's a lot better communicator. But the main she's thing she wants... Better. Yeah, but the main thing she wanted to do, and I think this is why they decided to uh, you know, get her out of there by any means necessary, was because she wanted to declare uh, an invasion, declare an emergency, and close down the Arizona border to all the future Democrats crossing the border. That's what I think was the problem. Yes. Yeah. Well, Can you elaborate? She's calling out, calling out election integrity. She's calling out everything that they hate, I mean, that they're trying to force on us, and Mm-hmm. She's articulate and intelligent, and they don't like it. And and people believe her. I think that's the biggest she's gotten. Oh, that's a good point. So, and she's yeah. also collected some. She's gotten some really good attorneys behind her. So, okay. um, but the thing about it is, if you go up against a corrupt judge, you don't have a chance whether your attorneys are good or not. I mean, well, see, that's why they gave it to a corrupt had, judge. Do you, do you know how that judge got the case, uh, Mr. Thompson? P, the Honorable, it says in the court case here. I actually have the court case right in front of me. The Honorable Peter A. Thompson, Clerk of Court v. Felix, Deputy, Superior Court of Arizona, Maricopa County, filed 12-24-2022, oh, at 10.45. So they actually filed this on Saturday. <laughs> so, so they did Christmas Eve, so nobody reads it until after Christmas. Isn't that yeah. funny? Yeah. yeah. You want to get into the ruling a bit? Or... I got some stuff for you here if you're interested. Sure. Why come his house? Why come his house and I'm being picketed? That's a good question. Well, because conservatives don't know how to advocate anything. They're wimps. Well, we've been brainwashed into and uh forced into, if we open up our mouths, we just get um, shadowland almost and just attacked for speaking out. And so people are just like, well, I know. Well, how do we get away with it? Diane, how do we, I mean, you know, how do we do what we do here? And nobody else well, I've had Yeah, exactly. But there's some people who just, you know, they're going to go with the will. They they don't want to buck the system. They they're going to listen to. Or they don't want to get attacked, and they don't want their family to get attacked. I'm I mean, inviting I don't it. Have... <laughs> Call me up. You yeah. want to attack me? Go ahead. <laughs> I I have thrown down the gauntlet. But that's not the right question. Here. Okay, Pianchi. That's not the question to ask. How did you? Is when did you? Get to when the mind I... that you're in. What year? Oh, how old were you? About twelve. 
soon I became a rebel rouser. All right. Well, okay. Well, you was unusual in this where right. it should start. Well, that's start. for sure. <laughs> yeah, this exactly. Type of, this type of understanding has to start with kids. See, most people finally get around to understanding when they're in their 40s, 50s. Hey, all your good juice that you possess is gone. It has to be taught to the young people. That's one that's one uh, avenue. There's many avenues, but the most important, I think, is you got to start your kids off thinking in the right direction. Then yeah. when they grow old, yeah. they can't be persuaded one way or the other. I mean, well, what see, do you get? I've always tried to get younger folks on the show. You know, we're going to have more. Uh, we've, the, 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 first of all, we've got Amber, uh, Amber Kemper, when she can come back for the Constitution Report. We've got Brianna Cannon, uh, who's still in high school, you know, for our, our government inquiry. Uh, we had uh, Candace. Uh, our horse uh, whisperer, she's fabulous. We're, she's local, so we're going to be talking and see if we can get more of her friends involved. Uh, and so it's a lot of stuff. I love having young people involved with the show because for the same reason that when I was young and feisty, I mean, I had the energy. It's great. And I was an advocate. We actually did a report. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story here. Daniel's already laughing. Um, you know the things you that you've got to do with those kids? You've got What's to that? give them a sign. They just can't come. And be go through oh, I don't, a lecture. I don't treat them yeah, any less them because they kids. Assignment where they report the next time and say, "Well, what did you find?" Well, I've done that. If you're listening to my report with Brianna, I'm always giving her stuff to to look into, and we talk during the week, and she comes up with her own stuff that she wants to look into. And my my policy is always the reporter. You know, they they pick the report, and unless there's you know unless there's a reason I can't think there's somehow destructive of action radio, I'm going to go with it. So like, you want to do a report? Like Diane's working on something. Go for it. I don't care. I'm not I'm not here to restrict you. I'm here to let you go, so that you can say the things that uh, you know that you can't say other places. Well, let me tell you a quick story in college. So I was part of a group that was looking into the uh, the graduate research center. So we had these big graduate towers, and they were chemistry towers. And they had a lot of worker uh, compensation. A lot of people were, were coming, coming down sick from the fumes. And so NIOSH, the, the National Industrial Organization, anyway, it's the research arm of OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. So they were there. They were looking into it. And, and so was, and I was in an environmental course at the time, environmental investigation, whatever it was. And five of us formed this team of students, and we started looking into it. Well, guess whose report was better? <laughs> Ours was, right? In fact, we gave our report to the, the federal government that was investigating this because we found the problem. It was the fume hoods and the negative pressure created by the elevator shaft. So we actually went through the blueprints. We went through the engineering. We interviewed several people. We interviewed people that were sick and with toluene and some of the other solvents that were being used. And we found the fume hoods were working in reverse because uh, the pressure was actually drawing fumes into the labs rather than taking out to the fume hoods because there was so much pressure the wrong way, the way the building was designed. Uh, and so they had to change a bunch of things, a lot more ceiling and stuff. And I don't, I've still got the report, you know, in my, my possession here. But the point was that one of my initial activities as I think a sophomore uh, in college was this major investigation uh, with five of us doing a better job than the government researchers. We were motivated. It was. Started me on this path. Hey, then I had an internship hey. in Washington the next year, and, and the rest is history. Pianchi? I thought I heard Pianchi. I could be wrong. Sounds good. Okay. Well, let me, get, yeah. let me get to this ruling here. So, so this is the Honorable Peter A. Thompson, uh, who allegedly got his, uh, his court opinion from Mark Elias. <laughs> That's what they said in another article. He says, under advisement, yeah. the court has... The court has con- oh, did you hear about that? We reported that the other day. Tell you, Diane. About what? Uh, about the fact that Mark Elias, uh, the Democrat's chief attorney, allegedly emailed uh, Peter Thompson's uh, decision to him. <laughs> That's, what the- That's what the current rumor is. Oh, wow. Anyway, let me 
Yeah, no kidding. So he says, under advisement ruling, the court has considered the evidence presented at the evidentiary hearing. Of course, they didn't consider, but they, they, I don't think they considered any evidence really, but this is just what they're saying. At the evidentiary hearing on December 21st, 22nd, two whole days, oh boy. I read this earlier in the show too. Including all exhibits admitted as well as the testimony of witnesses. The court has read and considered all the 220 affidavits. Really? From December 22nd to 24th when you wrote this thing? That's pretty good to read 220 affidavits, but that's just me. Attached to the verified petition, the court has also considered the arguments by counsel. The court accordingly issues the following findings of fact and conclusions of law. Gee, that's pretty definitive if you ask me. He's the legal standards and burden of proof. Throughout the history of Arizona, the bar to overturn an election on the grounds of misconduct in the state or territory has always been a high one. It is the object of elections to ascertain a free expression of the will of the voters, and no mere irregularity can be considered unless it is shown that the result has been affected by such irregularity. Citations omitted. (coughs) Diane, what does that mean? What does that gobbledygook mean to you? I know you're there. Time to go analyze the court case. Hello, hello. Diane, did you leave us? Sorry, I didn't. I didn't unmute. Sorry, I'm sitting here talking away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, recap. Recap for us for the part that we we missed because you were muted. I I had to cough and I didn't breathe. That's okay. Mute for the cough. I do that too. Every once in a while I sneeze on the air. It's very embarrassing. I can't get to my mute button fast enough. But anyway, should I read the gobbledygook again? No, no. Um, okay. It just means that he didn't read any of them, and he's just doing what he was told to do. And, it, you know, he's just going to make an opinion, and they're going to tell him what to say. And it's just – it's so frustrating because they've done this all through 2020, and now they're doing it through 2022. We're not actually looking at the evidence. And um, and this right. just reminds me again why the, you know, uh, Loy Brunson brothers are doing what they're doing. Because we're not getting any actual investigations. Yeah, we got to um, talk to them after New Year's. Or uh, well, actually, should we wait till after January 6th to talk to them, or do you want to talk to them after New Year's? They'll be off-the-air stuff. I, yeah, I don't care either way. But okay. I might find out if anything else is going on. Well, it's your project, and, you, and you're doing such a good job. Then uh, if you want to contact them, I mean, I can, uh, you know, I'll be there with the bills and things like that. Um, but uh, feel free. Run with it. See what you can accomplish. Bring them in. Do, you know, just we'll, we'll talk off the air about this, too. But uh, I trust you, so go for it. Let me give you some more of this court case here. We had, uh, go ahead. We had a, there was a, I saved one and now I can't find it. Um, it was one of the guys, he actually admitted that they, that the printers, that they changed the printers that morning. I have a videotape of him. Oh, really? See, this ad, is good dirt. Admitting this is great. Go ahead. That they changed the printers that morning in Maricopa County. And he's, I have to find it. I'll make sure it gets onto my site. So, um, but I thought I had it on here and it's missing. That's okay. That happens it. to me all the time. But, okay. So if you have a citation, we'll just do it next time or you can put it oh, in the it election is. integrity. I've oh, good. It. She's got it. Go for it. I found Tell it. me. Uh, it's, uh, it's opening up. And it says, it's, okay, is it your testimony that the printers, oh, it's at Carrie Lake, Attorney Kurt Olson. Is it your mm-hmm. testimony that the printer set changes that led to the so-called shrink-to-fit issue? Was that done on Election Day? County Elections Director Scott Jarrett said that's correct. So it's the videotape of him saying that. Yeah, so you never change anything on Election shrink Day. Shrink-to-fit. 
shrink the fit issue that was done on election day, yeah. he admits it. And how okay. can they dismiss the case when he's admitting that in court? How can they dismiss this case? Well, they we say it wasn't intentional. They say it wasn't. In- See, here's the this whole case rides on on their misinterpretation of intentional. They said even though it happened, it may have happened, but it was unintentional. They weren't trying to sabotage the election. So this whole case rides on proving intent, which you really can't do. And it also it's got some very interesting dialogue here, and I'll, I'll get to it uh, as as we go through this here. But uh, it, it's quite fascinating the way they they structure this. It would it's you know heads I win tails you lose. It's impossible for anybody to get through this. But the fact that they changed see, and why would they change uh, the print on election day? What do we all know about Republican versus Democrat voters? No, they're going to vote in person. Democrats the vote Republicans early. Vote in person. Democrats vote early. Yeah. Republicans vote on election day. So all you have to do, and, I, and I, I, Dick Morris pointed this out to me about six weeks before the election, because I was one of those election day people. Yes, you got to vote on election day. It's patriotic. It's the thing to do. Let's all vote the same day. And then I thought, Dick Morris is right. And he knows. He knows Democrats. He was one, right? So he said, no, bank the votes as early as you can. Every day is election day, from early voting till election day. Get them all banked in advance, because all you have to do to screw up the Republicans is screw up election day. Well, guess what happened? They changed the printer. How about that? It's because they knew now, that they Republicans somebody, vote on election day. Yeah. they got so many different ways to cheat. It's like they're coming at you from every single angle. That These people are tenacious. I mean, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. How tenacious they are. Yeah, but see what um, they're saying. The burden is not that you have to prove intent, but the burden is was it enough to quote overturn the election? And my answer is, of course, with fraudulent ballots, you never know. But the correct response is, if there is any cheating, regardless of how much there is, if there's any cheating, you void that election. You void Maricopa County. Now my solution well, that, is they, go ahead. Just, just because they ran it so even if they weren't cheating, they ran it so horribly. There was lines and lines of people that never even got to vote. They walked away because they couldn't, you know. So it was okay, so do so you horribly. Think, even if it was a mistake, their machines right. were terrible. So, yeah, they need to be removed anyway. And, so do you think so. that based on, on not even illegalities but just problems uh, – in verifying the correct votes, which are actually, you know, verifiable votes, and, and we don't know how many people couldn't vote because they didn't vote, is that enough to throw out Maricopa County's? Is that enough to throw out Maricopa County's election or ballots, all of them? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I, uh, I agree. I just wanted to uh, to find out from you. Now, my solution, um, and I want to talk to Wendy Rogers about this if I can. She was on the show previously. Love to get her back. Is that if Maricopa County were divided into separate voting districts? So the supervisors didn't have all of Maricopa County because Maricopa County is Phoenix. That represents 60% of Arizona residents. See, this is why Maricopa yeah. feels that it was only a county. Well, yeah, it's only a county, but it happens to have more than half the voters in the state in that county. Yeah. So what Maricopa County does yeah. determines what happens in Arizona. Well, that's not right. That's not, that's not representative. That's well, not that a Republican form of the, government. Uh, Go ahead, John. That goes along with the redistricting committee, doesn't it? No, because those are congressional districts, and these are this would this would have to be voting precincts. You'd have to break up Maricopa County, because most voting is by county. You have a county supervisor of elections. We have here in Santa Rosa County, we have a supervisor of elections. Okay, so we have a county vote. So Maricopa County happens to be huge. Yeah, so the biggest county is Juneau. You can have Alaska. more. You can have more than one congressional district in a county. Congressional no, district is fit by the number this of is, people. Yeah, but this is a state election, not a federal. This is the governor's race oh, in Arizona okay. we're talking about. So, so what I, my proposal is that Maricopa County be split into separate voting districts. I don't even know if this has ever been done before, 
but you have 10 independent districts with independent governing boards running them all separately, and they all report the results separately. There's no crossover. Yeah. Well, that would have to be the uh, state legislature. Yeah, it would. It was reported that their their sheriff got a $2 million donation from, you know, Zuckerberg for before. Well, that's another problem. You got to get the money out. So, what, why yeah. would the sheriff get a bribe? Why, why was the sheriff bribed? Yeah. To not enforce it. the law. Yeah. Why was the sheriff he bribed? Doesn't do enforce think? the law. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Just want to make sure. All right. Superior Court of Arizona, Maricopa County, twelve twenty four twenty two. Our territorial Supreme Court agreed in Oaks v. Finley that it is unwise to lay down any rule by which certainty and accuracy of an election may be jeopardized by the reliance upon any proof affecting such results that is not of the most clear and conclusive character. The official election returns are prima facie evidence of the votes actually cast by the electorate. The burden of proof in an election in an election contest is on the challenger. The duty of specifying and pointing out the alleged illegal irregularities uh, irregularities and insufficiencies is a task that should be undertaken by litigants and their counsel. As for the actions of election officials themselves, this court must, in italics, must presume the good faith of their official conduct as a matter of law. All reasonable presumptions must favor the validity of an election. Election challengers must prove the elements of their claim by clear and convincing evidence. And there's your vote fraud. Well, what Diane? would be clear and convincing evidence, Diane? Hmm. Good question. I think that well, I I think they've already shown plenty. I mean, they've shown that the ballot size is different. They've shown that. Um, I'd have to look at it, but he has. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you a follow up to Piaki's question. What's the difference between evidence? clear evidence and clear and convincing evidence. Good question. That's why I asked it. <laughs> Bianchi? It's got to be that? some evidence that would show that this here is making a difference in the outcome. But why is that? I matter? mean, apparently. Why does it, so, why does it matter? Apparently. It doesn't matter the outcome. If someone cheats in a race, and loses, they still cheated. They still get disqualified. It doesn't, well, you know what they're going to You know the excuse they're going to use is the same excuse that Barr said. What did Barr say? Oh, Bill Barr said that it doesn't, it's not election fraud if it doesn't overturn the election. It's unless it affects the result. And that's a bunch of BS. That's totally wrong. No, he, it is basically what anyway. he said. Right. It basically said, yeah, you had some illegal ballots, but there wasn't enough to overturn the election. So yeah. there, in fact, lies the problem. You got to show where there is an appreciable amount of bad, void, toxic ballots, and we're not able to do that so far. That's not, yeah, but that's that's a totally bogus legal theory because that's like saying a bank robber who doesn't, you know, steal enough money to put the bank out of business, you know, that's not a crime because they didn't affect the yeah, bank. Yeah, but they're not going to recount. They're not going to recount all the ballots, Greg, just because they one don't or two to. show to be. Bad. Oh, this isn't one or two though. This is thousands. This is thousands of votes. This is this is yeah, vote fraud on a massive scale. We should be able to show where thousands of them are flawed. And, well, and then what problem. would consist of being flawed? 
Well, here's the problem, though. What was, the fraudulent ballots – now, here's the problem with this. The fraudulent ballots are mixed in with the good ballots. So you never know. So when you recount an election, you're recounting the fraud ballots with the good ballots. That's what the vote fraud is. Diane, how am I doing? All right, but how did you identify – you got four ballots on the table in front of you. How do you identify the fraud from the good? Well, it's done before that. It's done they they, they struck them. Diane, yeah, why don't you did. hop in this? There was one article that I read, and I, don't, I can't pull it up right now. I don't know which one it was, but they had pulled, and it was like three out of five of the ballots that they pulled out that they had been shrunk, that uh, they were 90% instead of 100%. And it was, if it even fed through the machine, um, it would show uh, Katie Hobbs instead of uh, Carrie Lake. It was put so it took, So it, but, it, it, cut off, it cut off Carrie's Lake's name. Well, it, it basically shrunk it so it put it into the position for the machine to read it as uh, as not a winner for Carrie Lake when she actually was the person on the ballot that they were voting for. And they did Okay, then, so what would the- have to be done? What would have to be done? The difference between Carrie winning and losing, you're going to have to show where that particular uh, flaw overcomes the number between Carrie winning and losing. You know, the problem with that strategy is that it's reversed. See, people are presumed innocent, but ballots are not. Ballots have to be proven correct. So this whole idea, this is why this case is so fundamentally flawed, because they've reversed the law. The ballot has to be proven legal by chain of custody. It has to be proven legal with a legal signature. It has to be proven legal that nobody interfered with it or marked it or changed it. It has to be proven legal that the machines actually work and weren't hacked. No, but what I'm saying is it's not up to, to, to Carrie Lake to prove you know, all the fraud, it's really up to the government to prove that this was an honest election. So this judge has reversed the legal precedent. That's like saying guilty until proven innocent, you know, uh, instead of innocent until proven guilty. He's reversed it. Yeah, but there's many criteria can go along with an honest election. Now, what she just said about the shrinking. So let's right. find all the ballots that's been shrinking, shrunk, and see what their total number is where Carrie's name is not showed up on the yeah. scan. But what I'm saying is, now see, this, yeah. that's the wrong legal standard. The, the standard is whether there was fraud, not how much fraud there was, not was there enough fraud to, over, to change the results of the election. Because all you have to do is manipulate things enough and say, well, that's not enough to do it. So let's get back to the original well, question. Not do uh, hold on, hold on, hold Everything on, hold on. No, let me get back to the original question of evidence, clear evidence, and clear and conclusive evidence. And the reason I ask that question is who determines whether evidence is evidence, clear evidence, or clear and conclusive evidence? Who determines that? Well, I think if you shrunk a ballot where Carrie's name is not on it, it's clear evidence. Okay. Now, you got to find enough ballots. If Carrie lost by 500 votes, you got to find 501 ballots that has Carrie's name not visible. Well, wait a minute. If you find vote, again, that goes back to my my bank robber theory. If you rob a bank and the bank isn't affected because they got plenty of money, that you know, that's like saying you get you get to keep the money you stole. No. You don't get to steal an election because you commit fraud. In other words, the crime is not how much you rob the bank. The crime is that you rob the bank. The crime is not how much vote fraud you did. The crime is that you committed fraud. See, that's the difference. We, well, you we're have, using two completely different standards. Votes. Yeah, if I know she what you're lost saying. by 500 votes, you got to uh-huh. find those 500 ballots where it, that was shrunk, where her nope. name no longer appears on it. Then that's right you there don't. is your evidence. Yeah, well, see, but that's see, I, that's that's too high a standard. They didn't count her name, Greg. 
She now, lost she by worked. 500 votes. So well, you find 500 ballots that were shrunk where no, no, her name is saying. not appearing. I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying that, that that's, not the, that's not the legal criteria. That's not the criteria that should be used. But it's that's not what how the much judge said. Called. That's what Barr no. said. I know, it's but that's wrong, why this, but it's not enough right. to change the but election that's the, wrong, that's the wrong opinion. That's a bogus opinion, and that's why. Jay, I want you to settle this for us. Hop in here. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Coward. <laughs> I mean, common sense. All right, you and Jay are running. Greg, you lost by 500 votes. How do you know? All right, we go back votes. over the ballot wait, wait, wait. and we how do, find how do you 500. Know? How do you know I lost by? How many votes? You, if you can't identify the ballots well, properly, but so you know there was, was no the difference between Hobbs? What was the difference between Hobbs and Kerry uh, in the final tab tabulation, uh, ma'am? I don't think anybody knows they kept changing totals. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Well, it had to you be can't... some because they said that she lost numerical wise. Oh, they made up that number. I'll... No, oh, come on. Look, I got to go. I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. You're avoiding. You, you, you're acting like a leftist. You're, you're denying and you're avoiding. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? If she lost by 500 votes, then you got to find 500 ballots. If you said that the ballots were shrunk where her name is not appearing on it, then you got to uh-huh. find 500 of them that's exactly like that. No, I'm just disagreeing. I don't think that's, that's how it works at all because, again, the fraudulent well, votes were mixed in. in. Okay. Well, that's how I am. Okay, what, what else we got? I'm looking, Go I'm looking on this. Oh, was this December 9th. Uh, Hobbs was leading Lake by around 20,400 votes. So it's not, I mean, it's not Okay, small then you got to find 20,500 ballots where Kerry Lake's name doesn't. You know the case in Georgia like that where the lady that ran for election she had no votes in our own in our own town, our own county, our own district. Yeah. Until they yeah. went back and they and they check and see what well, she wasn't even on the ballot. You're exactly right. Yeah. Then when they when you they think, went back and done it over, she won. Yeah, she won the bill. So you gotta find the number of ballots. All right, no, yeah, can't you get, I've heard that argument. Ballots, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I want to get back to Diane and see if we can get some more of the uh, uh, some more of the vote fraud problems because this one, I think we've kind of said we we disagree on this, which is fine. You know, let let uh, listeners decide where it goes. Um, what else was done wrong that you know of from the case, Diane? Well, oh, you're putting me on the spot here. My brain's oh, okay. Well, if you're not, if, if, let <laughs> me go back. Well, that's okay. Way. Nah, don't, let me go back to the case then, because yeah. I want to go back, because I, I really want to concentrate on the case, because the vote fraud situation uh, is not going to be resolved, because the court, case, the, the court opinion is bogus. Yeah. So let's concentrate on that. It says, as for the actions of election officials themselves, this court must presume the good faith of their official conduct as a matter of law. Well, that's, resur- that's absurd. That's absurd that the court automatically assumes good faith of official conduct. So in other words, the Maricopa County people are absolutely right until we, you know, that, that we have to assume that they acted in good faith. You can't assume that at all. Then it says all reasonable presumptions yeah. must favor the validity of the election. Well, that's an absurd statement too. Why must it favor the validity of the election? If we're talking about vote fraud with many causes, everything from shrunken ballots, denial of uh, machines, changing machines at the last minute, uh, ballot harvesting, vi- mail-in vote fraud, you know, propaganda, denying everything that you can think of, you know, and, uh, and all these things that are contributing, um, ballot harvesting, et cetera, et cetera, how can you presume uh, the validity of the election? That's an absurd statement. 
Well, ballot harvesting still would be producing a, a legitimate ballot, right? No, not necessarily. It depends if it's legal or not. But I don't like ballot harvesting so anyway. I still think it's a form of vote fraud. Well, you can't. That's the how thing. That's what I'm saying. You cannot establish the absolute. Hold on, Pianchi. I want to get to Diane. So of what I, of what I was talking about before, of those two statements, um, about the, the assuming that the government's acting in good faith, uh, assuming that the election's valid, that's the assumptions this court is basing their decision on. And I'm saying they can't make those assumptions. Diane? No, you can't. You cannot. That's ridiculous. There's also another article that says the dismissal of Perry Lake election lawsuit shows voter disenfranchisement no longer matters. They don't care. They don't care that mm. people stood out there for hours and hours and didn't get to vote. And there was yeah. a ton of um, they if they if their uh, ballots wouldn't go through the machines, they put them into a box, and they did prove that the majority of those were never even counted. They never ran them mm. back to the machine. Yeah. So um, there was so much fraud. And they, well, who's in charge of the I polling place? Yeah, I want to stick to the case. I really want to stick to There's, the case on this. Uh, this I don't want to, you know, uh, this is, I'm, I'm getting out of here. But, that, right, but that's the thing that matters. Who's in charge? Of, who's in charge? Who's the election commission at that uh, particular district? They need to lose their job because, because they did a horrible job. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, terrible. because there's usually five of them, two from each party and one in the middle. So they're responsible to make sure all those other uh, logistics are taken care of, enough uh, polling machines, that the signs are pretty clear. And, all. That's, and that's their, that's their uh, responsibility, the election well, they have a really good they have a really good case to get rid of all these printers, to get rid of all the machines because it didn't work. You know, it, it caused so much chaos that go back to just paper ballots and you won't have this problem. You're not running it through a machine. You're not counting it. You get a 1,000 people from precinct. You have do the, um, like we were talking about, you uh, like a jury selection and use the, um, the like the police, the retired police, for, you know, first responders or retired military and use them to count. Get rid of these machines. This is a perfect example of why we don't need them. And I, I can't believe that the people of Arizona aren't standing up in an oracle for this and just say, do away with it. And I know well, I think if you, you home, I think if you took a thousand dollars and marked five hundred for one person and five hundred for other, that you normally that's what it is, run it through the machine and see how it come out. If it comes out flawed, then that's there is your proof. This machine is bad. Yeah. But every single election, we'd have to question it because there's every single election, we'd have to question these stupid machines. They've got to go. We have got to get rid of them. Let me go back to the case here because there's some interesting stuff. Um, it's interesting listening to you and, and kind of going through this. He says plaintiffs' remaining claims are based on the following statutory ground. His misconduct on the part of election boards or any members thereof, that would be the Maricopa County supervisors, right, in any of the counties of the state was only one, or on the part of any officer making or participating in the canvas for state election. He says this trial was premised on plaintiff's theories, that would be Carrie Lake theories, arising from the second clause concerning an officer making or participating in a canvas. The order permitting two clubs to proceed to trial. One, so in other words, the canvas. They, they went looking around for, you know, they tried to verify the election, you know, with, with uh, see just how much fraud there was. So they were trying to do that, um, but, uh, but they're, they're making this contingent 
uh, on how this case goes forward. Then he says, the order permitted two counts to proceed to trial. Uh, this is the claim that the ballot on demand, the BOD printer malfunctions, that's what uh, Diane was talking about, experienced on election day were caused intentionally and that these malfunctions resulted in a changed outcome. Uh, the claim that Maricopa County violated its own election procedures manual, the EPM, as to chain of custody procedures in such a way as to result in a changed election outcome, count four, as outlined in the order partially granting motion to dismiss. There are four elements to each claim. I'll go over those in a minute. Well, let's talk about this here. The claim that ballot on demand, the printer, malfunctions experienced on election day were caused intentionally. So why does it have to be that they, to prove that they were caused intentionally, and how do you prove it? The fact that they... And what did it do? Actually, well, what yeah. did it do? No, wait a minute. No, let me ask the question. All right. So the question is, ballot on demand, printer malfunctions were caused intentionally. And what I'm saying is, and my question for Diane is, whether they were caused intentionally or not, these ballots, these machines malfunctioned, disenfranchising people. So how does that relate to the court case, as you see it? Or does it? They're, or not, this a bogus even a, they're, not, even a, they're not even addressing it. That's, that's the problem. They're not even addressing that it was incompetent, for the, that the machines are terrible, that they need to not use this vendor anymore, that, you know, that... There's too many things that can go wrong when you depend on these machines. But what did, for the, what did the printer do? Is that when you say that it there's it, it a reduction in the size where it left off her name? They didn't leave off her name. It shrunk no, they it changed, to ninety percent. Uh, they changed the paper. It, the printer okay. shrunk, they changed the paper. It shrunk it to ninety percent. Well, if it, that's the malfunction in the printer, then the ballots should be able to be pulled out. And the ones that left her name off should be put over in one pile. The ones that had her name on should be put on the other pile. La la, there's your name. proof. It didn't leave her name off. It shrunk the ballot. It, when it printed it out, it, it did 90%. You know how you can normally print at 100%? It, it printed at 90%. So it, it moved her name, Katie Hobbs, into See, that the to me position is intense. to read the printer. Yeah, that's intentional. It was intentional. That's intentional. Yep. Well, can those ballots be counted by hand? Yeah, but can those ballots be counted by hand? They should be. They should be. Yeah, well, okay, there's that there to solve that problem. Count them by hand. No, you don't understand, though. See, the yeah. thing the court case dismissed it. There's no reason to count by hand because the court awarded the election to Katie Hobbs. This is the whole it point. It should have here. been counted by hand before yeah, you went I know. to court. See, yeah, what it could have should have don't work in this case. Let me skip down to the conclusion here. We've got about five minutes left. Let me, let me tell you what they ordered. It said, it is ordered confirming the election of Katie Hobbs as Arizona governor-elect. Okay. The court notes that the representations of the county defendants, that a motion for sanctions is further ordered that a statement of cost, da, da, da. but basically the court, here's the, here's the key statement of the whole election. And here's what, uh, here's what they found. Let me just go through the findings. Findings of fact and conclusions of law. Considering all the evidence presented, because that doesn't count the evidence that wasn't presented, right, that they didn't look at. Considering all the evidence presented, the court finds as follows. The court does not find clear and convincing evidence of misconduct in violation of, of statute whatever. The court does not find clear and convincing evidence that such misconduct was committed by an officer making or participating in a canvas. The court does not find clear and convincing evidence that such misconduct was intended to affect the result of the election. Well, that's bogus. The court does not find clear and convincing evidence that such misconduct did, in fact, affect the result. 
and as to count four, chain of custody, the court does not find clear and convincing evidence of misconduct in violation of chain of custody. Court does not find clear and convincing evidence that such misconduct was committed by an officer making or participating in a canvas. I'm not sure what that means. Court does not find clear and convincing evidence that such misconduct was intended to affect the result. Same thing again. They keep repeating themselves. So in other words, the case is completely stacked on the idea that the judge has determined that there's that their standard is clear and convincing evidence. Not evidence, but clear and convincing evidence according to the judge. That's why this case is bogus and deserves to go to appeal. Pianchi. Well, if the evidence is not there, then uh, whatever decision you think is going to come. That's that's not the standard, though. The standard is... Wait a minute, Greg. If I'm laying there dead, you got a gun, and the ballistics shows that the bullet came from the gun that you're holding, you shot me. Mm-hmm. That's both clear That's and That's the convincing. type of evidence that you got to have. Why come they didn't? Why come they didn't take these ballots that was ninety percent reduction in size or whatever? And yeah. why come they didn't pull them out and see, show that? The, that see, would have been evidence. But that's why the court case. This is why they had the court case came out in the first place, because the election was not investigated. It was not audited. All this evidence is being presented of, of different size paper, of machines breaking down, all the irregularities that happened. They never investigated oh, that is those hearsay. They, uh, they never, well, I don't think so. All it is is hearsay. There's no proof. No, it's not. The not with affidavits. Would be for them to take the ballot uh, and audit the ballots to find the discrepancies that they're claiming. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. They're not being audited. The court case already declared the judge declared so that they can't look into it. See, this is part of the vote fraud. The court case is part of the vote fraud. Diane? Crooked judges. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we got a few minutes to get back to you. So let's, let's – um, but this is, this is a fascinating case. I mean, the, the, you know, I've never seen a, a court case this definitive. I mean, this is not normal. It's, the judges don't do that. Well, maybe this, maybe that. You know, they, they waver a little bit. They, need, they no gray need Johnny Cochran. If the glove don't fit, a quit. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. See you later. <laughs> we can't disagree, yeah, which, is, which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but, um, but, I, but I think, but, you know, not to talk about Pianchi, who's not here, I think he's asking the wrong questions. You know, see, the questions for me you know, are, are what's going on with this case and why is it decided so clearly and why wouldn't the judge investigate further and where's the, where was the discovery? Why was it a two-day trial? Why was the verdict so fast on Christmas Eve? I got a million questions about this case. What do you well, think? Well, and it's exactly what happened in 2020. I mean, they dismissed all these judges across the country. They were, evidence was brought to them and they dismissed it all on standing. Mm-hmm. They didn't really they didn't look at the it. evidence. They didn't yeah. They didn't want to know. And that's exactly what happened with the Brunson case. They had all these electors that went up to Washington, D.C. on January 6th and tried to get an investigation, and they were shut down. It's, it's all so corrupt. And there was a, there's another case, and it's not about Arizona, but it's about 80% of the military ballots disappeared in Wisconsin this year in the midterm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I put that on, the, on our site. But that's, you know, a lot of happened with our military votes. I don't know if that had anything to do with uh, Arizona, but it's a good, a very interesting article that I put on the on our website. That's on Action Radio Election Integrity Project on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did you see that one? Yep. 
Well, not yet, but I put a bunch of stuff there too. If I, I have trouble sometimes getting to them. I have to go back and, and, and take a look and see, well, is this something I want to uh, uh, investigate or, or uh, you know, and this is like, I've been doing the power thing the last couple of days. This is why I have reporters because I can't possibly cover all this information. There's just too much stuff. Well, you made it. And, you did make a comment on it, which was really good, which is why oh, good. All, military votes should, should, all military votes should be counted at the base where they are, yeah. like if they're out of the country. Mm-hmm. And and send in the results instead of sending the ballots, mailing the ballots. Count the, the minute, votes and it's yep. in an account. Mm-hmm. The minute ballots move, they're subject to fraud. You can't well, – they and, have to be counted where they're I, cast. And, all, and on the Carrie Lake thing too, the 90% shrunk ballots, I, the one thing that, that Pianchi might have right is that those ballots should have been transferred onto uh, – and what we did here is if you had a ballot that didn't work, it had to be, they call them duplicates. And you have mm-hmm. to sit there with, and it was Kathy Villain, our SOE, our Secretary of Elections, and a mm-hmm. judge, it was Judge Gerard and Fulton Wright, and we had a court reporter. And they had to transfer the ballot that didn't work onto a ballot that did work with a court reporter sitting right there, and you, anybody could come in and watch that. Mm-hmm. So every single one of those 90% ballots should have been transferred onto a ballot that worked, and they all should so, be lost. Now, now the, you know, let me ask a question on that again, because as I understood it, they had the wrong size paper. It's not that the ballots were shrunk. They actually. So you're saying that the ballots were? I've heard. Were, I've, heard I've heard both. I've heard. Okay. Both. So in the latest one, well, the paper didn't fit. That's what I heard. And that, that's why it got screwed up in the machines and reported badly because the paper they put in was different on Election Day, which to me is intent because they knew that the Republicans yeah. vote on Election Day and the Democrats vote early. So if you're screwing up, if you, uh, you know, if you want to screw up the Democrats vote, you screw up the early voting. If you want to screw up the Republicans, you screw up Election Day. So that's pretty clear intent because yeah. everybody knows who votes when. So as I understand well, it, was, they, it, go ahead. Seth Castle, he's done a, a whole lot of reporting on elections and um, he was in the, the military as an investigative reporter and worked on investigations in the military. And I didn't, I thought it was the paper size, but maybe what he was saying was it is an inch difference. And when you, you know, shrink it down the 90% enough to move it into the position where the machine would read it as a Katie Hoffman when it was actually written for a Carrie Lake. So that was my understanding. Hmm. That would definitely that would definitely have made a, a huge difference. In, I, I do believe Arizona is, you know, they wanted Carrie Lake to win. I do. Believe. Oh, I, I'm, I absolutely want Carrie Lake to win. But here's the other thing. Too. Well, see, here's the thing: people want freedom. You know, for the same reasons that people voted for Donald Trump in 2016, because they wanted they don't want business as usual. They want to carry Lake because they don't want yeah. business as usual. So the only way these people can win to keep business as usual is to cheat. You know, yeah. because the natural inclination Absolutely. of people is freedom. You know, it's like when people yeah. say, well, how can you prove that, uh, you know, that Trump won? Well, it's very simple. Look at it intellectually. Is it possible for Brandon to beat Trump in a fair election? No, because nobody likes Brandon outside of Delaware, Not outside true. of Congress. Yeah. You know, he's universally unpopular. Look at his rallies. You know, you can't beat somebody with 50,000 people at a rally, you know, and, you know, with somebody who can't even get eight people to show up unless you pay them. I mean, there's your evidence right yeah. there. You know, and so these people, intellectually, you look at this, you look at Katie Hobbs, who was incredibly popular. I mean, excuse me, uh, Carrie Lake, who was incredibly popular, was a journalist for years and years. You know, she knows how popular she is in the state. 
And the things that she wants are popular. A closed border, getting rid of the illegals, integrity in government. You know, honesty. She wants the, the people of Arizona want the things that Carrie Lake stood for. So to say that Katie Hobbs could possibly win this, you know, from her basement, you know, she was she was the the, the Brandon too. You know, campaign yeah. the same way. And the other proof here's the other proof. This is all intentional. You can't have the Secretary of State supervising their own election. Yeah, that's a conflict of interest. So there's <laughs> there's it's already a fraud. So the fact that this the judge says well, well, and the other thing too, let's talk about this clear and convincing evidence for a minute. Um, because there's something very wrong with that standard. This is like a, like a Jonathan question. You know, this is what, it's like saying you don't have standing, which is another bogus. Well, you, you can't bring a suit. You don't have standing. You know, yeah, you've got evidence, but it's not clear. It's not convincing. And you can't prove that it would overturn the election. Well, you can't do that anyway, because you can't know how much actual fraud there was. That's why it's fraud. That's what fraud is. Yeah. Fraud is mixing in fraudulent yeah. ballots with regular ones. So you don't have to prove all the fraud. You just have to prove that there was fraud. And this is why I was trying to get through to Pianchi. This is why he's arguing two totally different things. You know, this is, we're past well, working on the election. The election, this court case already declares a winner. And I don't even know if a judge can do that. How can this judge do that? That's another question. Yeah. I have no idea. It, it's all fraud. It's fraud. It, yeah. And it's, it's just, you feel like you're banging your head against the wall here in America for the last two years, probably even more than that. Mm-hmm. The rules for thee and the rules for me. <laughs> that works. So this is why. All right, so, so here's 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 advocacy 101. You got to have fun with it, okay? Otherwise, yeah. you go crazy. Exactly. I've lost reporters who took this so seriously, and they, they said, "What can we do?" They get all depressed about it. This is a sport to me, okay? This is this is this is like a game <laughs> show. I'm serious. I treat this yeah. like a you know. And on the left side, we got and here's the challenger, you know, Joe Biden. Yeah. Can you be president? President yes. for 200. <laughs> you know, you know. Vote fraud for fifty. We'll make it like a Jeopardy. What's that? I guess where I'm going on Tuesday. Uh, I have no idea. Tuesday's election day. Tallahassee. Tallahassee. What you can do there? Can you tell us? I'm going. Governor DeSantis inauguration. I got invited. You did. Can you take some bills with you? All right. Here's what I need. Because I I didn't get. I don't know that I'll see him. I'm going to be sitting in the audience. Oh, well, here's, yeah. here's what I need. If you can do it, this, of course, you know, everything's, <laughs> vol- everything's voluntary around here. I need a contact in the governor's office. I need somebody yeah. that I'm serious. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So get cards. You know, if you, if you're, you're pressing try. the flesh. In fact, if you see DeSantis say that, uh, <laughs> Hey, remember when you were on Greg's show at WEBY? He was my last guest before I was fired. When Ron says, you know, we, I hung up with him 15 minutes later, I was out of a job. So that, that's I'm going to remind Ron of that. So, you know, last time I talked to you, I got fired. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Yeah, it wasn't your fault. But I mean, that kind of stuff's fun. But if you can, when you're at the inauguration, anybody that you can talk to, you know who's good at schmoozing? Talk to Josie. Josie's the best schmoozer out there. You know, and so no, so what so what you wanted? Here's here's I'm going okay. with I'm going with a really good schmoozer too. So okay, good. So get your schmoozing fun. get your schmoozing hat and schmoozing outfit. So what you want to do is you want to look around at the people around Governor DeSantis. Look for the people that look like they're helping managing. They're in his office. Those are the folks you want to talk yeah. to. So look for people that came around. Usually they'll be in pairs. And just walk out. I said, do you work in DeSantis' office? Why, yes, we do. Yeah. Well, have I got news for you? We have Action Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. This is how you do it. Say, I just want to get in touch with you, you know, because you're busy now. 
This is how I do it, right? I say, you're busy now, but let's, I want to talk to you after this because we actually write citizen legislation that would be extremely helpful to the governor and the state. Put on that basis. Yeah. Can we talk to you later? Can we communicate? Can we, you know, do you have a card? You know, so do you, you don't have action radio cards yet. You've got to get you some. Yeah, or just make up your own. You know, just, you know, just put to blogtalkradio, writeyourlaws.com, you know, that kind of stuff. My email, greg at writeyourlaws.com. Oh, talk. I'll send you a picture of my card. <laughs> you know, and then you can, you can even use that. <laughs> I don't care. But, um, you know, it's just send, we, need the, we need the contacts, and that's going to be huge for us. That will be. Working on some other good ones, too. Okay. Anything else you want to report? We're yeah. a little over time now, but I want to talk to you w- without a debate. You know, I love having Piaki on, but I, you know, I, we we got to we got to get you reporters in a bit more. But I know your voice isn't that strong, that's why I was a little, you know, trying to, a little insistent. Anyway, anything else going on? Any, any new things happening? No, it's all okay. good. We got January sixth. Yeah. We got uh, the Brunson case. Let's find out about that. We'll talk off the air about that. Okay, I'm done. You done? Sounds good. I'm done. Yep, okay. sounds good. All right. Website. Thank you. We got our, we got our Facebook page, uh, the uh, Action Radio Election Integrity Project. Managed by yep. Diane Warner. Any other doings? Uh-huh. Any activities besides your inauguration visit? Uh, well, just got to see the grandkids. It was a lot of fun. Oh, and there you go. Had some downtime. Okay. Yeah. And they, go of sleep. course, gave me a cold during daycare. <laughs> well, that's what they do. That's but what they do. So, but, but that's yeah. why you have an immune system. Little, little germ factories. And I love them. They're so much fun. We had a oh, listen, I, Whatever cold we did a lot I had, of, I got yeah, so I got that too. So yeah. I'm used to it. Yeah. We did a lot of traveling and everybody got home safely. So we did Yay. drove through the blizzards and <laughs> yeah. So everybody everybody got home safe. But it was it was all good. We will definitely remember this Christmas. Of course you will, because you're all snowbound. It's yeah. freezing up there. Yeah, it's bad enough here. Minus minus yeah minus thirty five wind chill. Oh oh, <laughs> oh that's that, that's like sixty degrees below freezing. It's so cold. And, and no did power you, in the house. So, yeah. Did you feel no power when you went outside? Did you have to be careful breathing? Because yeah. air that cold can freeze your lungs. In your hands and your nose. Yeah, it was really yeah. cold. Oh yeah. But I would. Was, I would have icicles we will up my mustache. This I've had icicles off my mustache, by the way. <laughs> I know. I know. Seriously, I know what that's like. Then they melt. It's weird. Don't ask. Maybe that's not the image to leave the show with, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow. Is tomorrow Friday? I guess yeah. tomorrow's Friday. No. Yeah, it is. Yep. Friday show. I'll probably do the Zelensky uh, thing with, uh, with Pravda. So go to their international news page where I've got a bunch of stuff on Zelensky and a bunch of other things like that. I'm going to start to bring in more international sources into the show. And election integrity, you know, I keep posting stuff. Uh, you know, feel free to take a look, see what you think. If, if it's good for, uh, for your report, do so. Uh, and next week we'll be back, I guess, a little more organized, you know, after this is kind of like our holiday chat. This is, this is more fun. But uh, we'll be back, and, and uh, yeah, and, and you're one of the reports where off the air is going to be as important or more important than on the air, just because we work to do, which will be interesting. And I will get more sleep. I will get more sleep before the next one. <laughs> yeah, no that's okay. The last week. Go recover. <laughs> All right, Dan, I will yeah. talk to you next week, and uh, let's, uh, let's shut it down for now, and I'll come back tomorrow. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Okay. So this has been a crazy day. <laughs> a lot of stuff. A, a big theory earlier in the show. We covered a lot of ground. I'm not going to talk about that again, probably, until it appears in the news that the uh, the, the uh, independent, you know, um, patriotic, uh, conservative constitutional folks are being blamed for shooting up a power station. It's going to happen. 
and so we'll see how that goes. A little bit more, one more thing to play for you, and then I'll be back tomorrow morning at so, so Friday's the early day, so 6 a.m. Central Time, 6 a.m. and we've got uh, Shirley Watchful at 6:30, uh, Derek Park at 7:30, and um, then it's free for all after that. I'm looking to get uh, somebody else in um, from Florida Carry, uh, Jim Dykes, who, who did it for a couple of years, uh, who unfortunately could not continue because uh, his life changed. But I'm looking for somebody else to come in, another gun reporter, because I kind of like doing the gun stuff on Friday. Uh, someone who also knows Supreme Court cases, so we can kind of keep that same you know, continuity to the report. But that's okay. Back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Talk to you then. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio.